And now, introducing the man who has decided to officially announce that unlike the Orioles draft class, he will not be signing with a major league team and will in fact be returning to college despite being constantly reminded, quote, you weren't even drafted and teams have literally no interest in a 36-year-old zero-tool player, unquote. After traveling across the country in attempts of following Dave Matthews' band on tour, he was disappointed to find they were still requiring tickets to ascend, despite it being clear he was a devoted groupie, as he argued, quote, it used to be enough to smell like patchouli and dress in pajama pants, unquote. He is Glenn Clark. You're not 36? I'm 37, and I'll be 38 in September. Really? Yeah. Is that the case? It's... What do you think I'm lying? Maybe. <laughs> you think I'm purposely making myself older? Maybe. I mean, <laughs> I always thought you were six years. And I guess that would make you eight years older than me, wouldn't it? Because uh, you were born in '83, I, I was born, born in '91. Yeah, yes, I was. Well, born you're in welcome. Yeah, I mean, I I wish. Trust me, it would be really nice if that was the case. But uh, I assure you, it is not. I assure you, that is not, unfortunately, the way that it goes. Good morning, uh, from the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio. It is. Glenn Clark Radio. I'm Glenn Clark. He's Kyle Ottenheimer. Much to do today on the program. Can I? Should I add this other thing to the? I assume, but I'll just uh, confirm it. But you know, well, I'm just going to. Not the end of the world. I'm going to go ahead and add it, and if uh, something else happens, then we'll deal with that. Uh, yeah, much to do on the program today. Coming up. And uh, a little bit later on this hour, we're going to meet for the first time Eric Williamson, former uh, Terps soccer standout. Now he is with the Portland Timbers of the MLS, but more importantly, he uh, made his debut with Team USA at this year's CONCACAF Gold Cup. And uh, they're getting ready for the semifinals tonight against Qatar at 7.30, and then the final would be Sunday night if the U.S. advances the Gold Cup final. We'll talk about uh, all that with him later on in the program. We're going to look to uh, head out the Ravens training camp, catch up with our uh, buddy Bo Smolka, Press Box Ravens beat writer. And uh, then we're going to wrap up the show today by meeting Peter Hubeck, the uh, former Gilman School pitcher who is uh, now with the L.A. Dodgers. What do they know about pitching, you know? Yeah, seriously. What the hell do they know about anything, really? He was selected in the third round of the MLB draft and uh, went ahead and signed. So uh, the Gilman School alum. Been a heck of a time for Gilman baseball with Gavin Sheets ripping the cover off the ball for the Chicago White Sox. Uh, We will catch up with Peter Hubeck a little bit later on in the program. So all of that coming up on today's show. Today's show is also brought to you by Grade 8's Memorabilia. The Purple Takeover is coming to the Maryland State Fair. Looking forward to being out there for that. Good to have the fair back this year. Going to be great to see some current Baltimore football stars, some future stars this year's rookie class, and, of course, uh, an absolute icon like Lenny Moore. You going to be all right? Yes. Okay, I hope so. Um, uh, Dafe Owe is going to be there. Hollywood Brown's going to be there. Ronnie Stanley's going to be there. Get your tickets right now. You can get, for one price, $350, you can meet all 10 past, present, and future Baltimore football superstars. $350. About Tree Fitty. 10 pictures. That's exactly right, Tree Fitty. 10 pictures, 10 autographs. No succubuses. As far as we know. <laughs> not related to grade eights, at least. They will not be they, part of no, that. Yeah. Let's just try that again. <laughs> no succubuses. Succubi. You know what the uh, male version of a succubus is? Uh, Glenn Clark. Nope. 
<laughs> no, I don't. Incubus. Ah, uh, yes, I think An I did. Incubus is had the male version of the succubus. Discussion at one point. I think I learned. Before. I think I learned it when we, at one point while we were doing the show. Anyway, uh, get your tickets right now. Great Eights Memorabilia.com. That's the number eight. Great Eight S Memorabilia.com in order to get your tickets to the Purple Takeover coming to the Maryland State Fair. All right. Uh, first of all, I want to give a huge shout out to Baltimore County for shutting down two of the three ways for me to get out of the area that I live in. To Did get they to notify work you this morning? No. Now, one of them, uh, it was it, it uh, started earlier on this week, so I knew like the eat the quickest way. For me to get here from where I live, helicopter. Take, well, that would be the quickest. <laughs> You're right about that. Unfortunately, not accessible. Yeah. So the next quickest way for me to get here from where I live is to take uh, Jarrettsville Pike, which sure. turns into Delaney Valley. You What's hop your on address 695. again? Yeah, not going to tell that right off the. <laughs> Who are you exactly, <laughs> and why are you at my house? Uh, you. I've had situations before. <laughs> so that one starting on Monday. That road's been closed. Okay. Don't know, or maybe it was Sunday when I got home. I found that out when I was on my way home. Don't know what's going on there. Whatever it is, it's been closed all week. So I've been having to go uh, Merriman's Mill instead. Of course, named after Sean Merriman. That's exactly right. Sean uh, Lights Out, uh, legend, obviously, a local icon. Merriman's Mill has been my backup plan and my backup plan to back up my backup plan. Too bad. And uh, today I got, uh, I was cruising down Merriman's Mill, and then I got to where the bridge would be. Yeah. And uh, they were all like, I'm, you have, I have to cancel. I'm sorry. Oh, that's nice. I'm like, what the, what the hell is going on here? There's just a cop car blocking all roads, doing the wee, 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 wee. Is that what they were doing? They were wee, playing that song? Wee, wee, wee. I mean, that's the way it works. You know, Lil Wayne is a verse Mrs. of the Tyler Officer, album, and it's actually a Mrs. really Officer. good Lil Wayne verse. First of all, I can say you, you that in, in over a decade. You can't, uh, I have to think about that. I have to think about that for a minute. Uh, I had a, a serious Lil Wayne phase in my life. Oh, I know. I mean, I feel like everyone else did also. Blunt blowing. Anyway. Um, so that sucked. And then I had to go to Paper Mill, which is well out of the way. Yeah. And then to turn left on Paper Mill, which is impossible from where I was. Okay. So I wandered into the studio at about 9.58 this morning. You did. Which was super pleasant. Really enjoyed that. That was great. So big shout out to Baltimore County for uh, uh, just taking their thumb and putting it right into my rectum this morning. you got to pay for that a lot of times. A lot of times you do. I was able to get it for free this morning. I bet you're a little jealous of that. Got the old free thumb up the rectum this morning from Baltimore County. So there's that. Now, on to uh, more pressing matters. Uh, I got this message yesterday from Brandon. Brandon said... Uh, Glenn, appreciate what you're saying about not talking about things that we don't fully understand. It's something that, admittedly, I'm not good at either, and I know you already said that you're not always perfect at it. I think we could all learn to just shut up sometimes. I Thank you. I mean, I, obviously, I can't do that when the microphone is on, or else all of our fine sponsors would probably stop spending money on this program. Well, I could but, talk. Yeah, you could. Uh, that would That would go... I think all of our fine sponsors would stop spending money on this program. You know, J.J. Abrams mm-hmm. is doing a show about UFOs. Okay. You it's can not see even a show. It's more of a documentary. Maybe, maybe he'll look to add you somehow. Anyway, the moral of the story being, Brandon goes on to say, that being said, of course. There we go. Of course. That being said, don't you think, like, don't you think that Lamar Jackson deserves a little bit more criticism for his decision-making? 
as the leader of this football team and the face of this franchise, shouldn't he be held to a higher standard than a Gus Edwards or a Cole Beasley is being held to by theirs? Cole Beasley is just a perfectly reasonable individual. I'm not, I don't really have any interest in talking about Cole Beasley. Um, I'm gonna, Brandon. This is the the best way I could say this. Does he deserve criticism? Sure. Now, if, now if what? We are now what? Are we are we to the point now where we assume he's not like we still have not officially known? I guess they've been I, saying they he's been tested daily, so that would suggest that because we know that vaccinated players are not they're tested weekly. Um. But are they changing that with the increase in transmissibility is, with the Delta There has been word that they were looking to right. test vaccinated players more often, but the, the, under, the understanding that, that sort of seemed to exist is that Lamar was not vaccinated. Yes. And if that's true, then, yeah, I do think he deserves criticism. But now what is my question? Like, now what? Where do we go from here? I, there are absolutely cases of unvaccinated players realizing waking up one day and realizing this might be why I get cut it might ultimately be that I'm kind of on the borderline and a team's gonna say it's not worth it nope if you might be the reason why we have a problem come game day and you're not 100% one of our best players we're just gonna choose somebody else same thing could exist in a workplace as well by the way uh, it could exist in a lot of places. Right. Like it exists, but that, I'm not worried about that. I'm talking specifically to football. In, in football, there's we have already read the scenarios where agents have said that they've got unvaccinated players that they were trying to get tryouts for, and teams said, nope, we're not interested. This is the reality. The reality is availability is the best ability, right? And like this is the you you've got to be someone that we can trust as much as possible sure. will be on the field and that look we saw the rules the NFL put out yes and they're making it very clear like if if unvaccinated players the ones that are causing the problems then you got to pay literally correct. <laughs> that's it that's the end of it so we're not messing around we're not going to have this be what costs us this season or costs us a game on a sunday or is the reason why we have to trot out a a minor league, a, a practice squad version of a football team. The Little Giants. For, yeah, correct. For a game against the Steelers in November that might determine our postseason fate, we're not going to have that. If you're a fringe player, you're not making the team. Mm-hmm. Lamar Jackson is not a fringe player. So now what? Do I think Lamar Jackson should get vaccinated or should have been vaccinated by now? 1,000%. There is no debate to me about that. That being said, what are you doing? This is Lamar Jackson that we're talking about. Do you criticize him? Sure, criticize him. Say whatever you want to say. Go on social media, say Lamar Jackson is selfish. Say Lamar Jackson let his team down. Say whatever you want to say. That's fine. Go do that. Now what? Cross your fingers. Correct. He's not getting cut. You're not making a decision regarding Lamar Jackson. I hope Lamar Jackson chooses after this to get vaccinated. I hope everyone does. It would be pretty helpful. I've, I've been very clear about that. I'll be down the, the middle about a lot of things. I, I'm, I'm not going to be, unless there's whatever bizarro reason, not the I don't want to or it's a personal decision or any of that stuff. Or this YouTuber said. Right. If you if there's some ardent thing about that's very unique and specific to you that says I can't, 
because it would cause serious health problems. I want everyone to get vaccinated. That's the reality. Now, I can't force you to, and I'm not going to ostracize you if you don't. I can't. I mean, I, I, I don't rich size. You. I, I, I appreciate that. Thank you. I'm so sorry. I got that one wrong. I don't think I have the power to do something along those lines to like shun you from society. Society, but I hope you do, and I want you to, and I want Lamar Jackson to, because I don't want Lamar Jackson to be sick for 21 days with a fever of 104. That would suck, or something worse. Yeah, I don't want any of that. But I, I yes. Brandon, does he deserve criticism? Sure. You got it. Now what? This is a more relevant question for fringe. At some point, the Buffalo Bills might have to make a decision about Cole Beasley. He calls himself the best slot receiver in football. He's insane. What do you I, mean? I, I mean, I, I get it. Like, everybody's got to believe in themselves. He's Joe a fine Flacco, player. He's a useful player from he's, last season, but he's, he's replaceable. He's fine, but he's 100% replaceable. They might have to make a decision about him. I don't know. My gut is he's probably going to be fine. He'll seems probably like end up being on the team. With Josh Allen. Yes, it seems like he's going to be a guy they're going to want. But there will definitely be guys who you wouldn't have thought were at risk of getting cut because of their veteran status that if... Elected to maybe not get vaccinated. That will end up being at more significant risk of getting cut this year. That's going to occur. It ain't going to be with Lamar Jackson. So now what? It's also foolish, like we talked about, to assume that that doesn't factor into decisions and shouldn't factor into decisions for a team, right? Like these are roster decisions. Yes, 1,000% it factors into decisions, but not for Lamar. I get that. So that's my, like, I I don't know what else you want me to do here. Uh, Does he deserve criticism? Yeah, yeah, he deserves criticism. Now what? Now what? what? Where do we go from here? You criticize him, you're gonna suspend him? You gonna tell him he can't start the first half of the first game? Like what? What? What is it that you have in mind? If 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 internet shaming is what you want to do, Lamar Jackson has has dealt with more criticism from the internet than just about everybody in the world. It's affected him in zero ways. So now what? I I hope that Lamar Jackson will choose to get vaccinated. I hope that's the case. I I want him to, but. I you're, hope he's okay. I hope yeah, he's... Yeah, 100%. I, I also hope that Tyler Huntley isn't the Ravens quarterback at any point this season. Kenji Benji. Kenji, uh, yeah, Kenji, oh, Kenji Benji. <laughs> I don't even know who that is. <laughs> I, honest to God, I saw that flow. I'm like, who is this? I hope that Trace McSorley doesn't have to line up under center. No offense. Nice guy. You know, he's God bless. He's throwing some bombs to Hollywood in training camp. You God, see that? Wonderful. That's, that's so, so good to hear that. Don't care. I hope that none of those guys have to play quarterback for the Baltimore Ravens this season. I would like for Lamar Jackson to be playing quarterback for the Baltimore Ravens because then the Baltimore Ravens will have a chance of doing something. Bring so, Chris Moore back, you know? He was their emergency quarterback, wasn't he? I don't think he was. Wasn't he prepared to take snaps in the Browns? No, game? it was Willie Sneed. Ah, okay, yeah, yeah, Willie Sneed. Remember, because uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. the, the great story, Willie Sneed. It's my time to shine. Mm-hmm. That was actually a really great story. John Harbaugh had a moment there. It told a really great story. So that's that's all I got for you on the Lamar thing. It really is. It's all I've got for you is as simple as, sure, I I I think that it's it's something he should have done. I th- I hope it's something he will do. But that's the end of it. 
That really is. That's the end of it. And it won't be for other players. 100%. There will be players that will lose jobs over this. That that if they were vaccinated, would be on the right side of the, the bubble. It's not Gus Edwards either. Let's make that clear, right? Like paid him $10 million. Gus, I don't think they're going to go and say bye. Yes, know? he's the second running back on this team. He's not losing his job. And I don't know who else is vaccinated or not vaccinated. The majority We've been of told them, that 90% of yes, them are vaccinated. Are, right. So I don't know who the example would be for this football team. I'm trying to hypothetically give an example. and it's Chances are we haven't really not, heard of – I mean, like, like let's say Anthony Levine weren't. Mm, and I know I, that we, I, we talked with uh, – who was it we had? I think it was Bo, I think, who was saying that – He's, I mean, he had a not tremendous year last year. I know he's a, he's an exemplary a, he's a leader of the team. Well, and and he's, he's a very, he's always been a very good special teams piece. And that too, right? That matters like, a significant But I'm not, you know, it's just a, for example, if that were the case, right? Like, I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if that's the right one. Um, I don't know. Justice Hill. Yeah, Justice Hill. I, you know, one of the inside linebackers after Patrick Queen. They're all pretty interchangeable. Like, you got to. You they gotta, love Ford on special teams too. Yeah, 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 probably, probably he'd be safe, probably. I mean, even that one, I don't know, right? Like, I don't know if they feel like there's somebody else. My, my point being, like, somebody, and I don't, I don't have these, and it's not even worth, it's not worth doing this hypothetical game. Someone, whether it's here or somewhere else, is going to lose a job over it. It ain't going to be Lamar Jackson. So that's the end of that. There you go. I've criticized Lamar Jackson. I don't know what else you're looking for uh, from this whatsoever. I don't have any clue. Um from from Dave. Dave, I know this he says I know he says to me says uh I know you've separated yourself from results and you can't enjoy anything related to the Orioles. Please tell me you could somehow enjoy what happened last night. I I mean more so than probably any other win this year. I right? mean like if was it was it wonderful to celebrate Mogaba again? Was it wonderful to have Sanzi there throwing out the first pitch and then Trey Mancini blowing her a kiss after he hits a home run. All that was wonderful. But would I feel any different if the Orioles hadn't cheated their way into a run there to tie it up late and then won it? And I, the result is irrelevant. I, I didn't feel anything that the Orioles walked in a run to win the game. I felt nothing about that. To be fair, they didn't cheat. I mean, they didn't. Thank you. Thank you, Kyle. They didn't cheat to tie it up. They the the Marlins just suck more than maybe more than the Orioles do. Yeah, I don't know. Got pitching at least. They don't know how to handle the, the the insanity of throwing the ball over to third base. There, the insanity of that is one of the dumbest things I've ever seen. I mean, in a year where there's been a lot of dumb things that have occurred in baseball, it ranks right up there with them. You no world were you throwing out Ryan McKenna in that situation. You were just duped into something. But it's the it's the height of boobery. I mean, like if anybody in Miami cared about baseball, my God, uh, they'd be losing their mind. Or cared about the Marlins. I'm sure there are plenty of people that cared about care about baseball, but I don't think the Marlins exactly rate that much in Miami at the moment. Traded um, Starling Marte. What's that? They traded Starling Marte. This is just and they the, got Jesus we're, Luzardo. We're doing the we're doing the bit again. You know, they just, paid four million dollars to the A's for his contract. Okay, so there's that. Thank you. Pre, pre, solid observation. Yeah, you're welcome. Thank you. Really appreciate. You're welcome. That. I I was hoping to get to the bottom of the. No, I got you. Thank you. Yeah. I was really hoping mm-hmm. to 
Do a full? Do you have a full breakdown? Luzardo struggled this year. A lot of people wonder yeah. whether he's ever going to like be mm-hmm. the prospect they hoped. But mm-hmm. I mean, he's controlled through twenty twenty six. So you got to be like, it's a good gamble for mm-hmm. the Marlins, considering what Marte is not right, helping them this year. You right? want you want to talk about Joey Gallo? <sighs> well, it'll be interesting that left handed power in Yankee Stadium with that wind, the wind that they got there with the wind tunnel. What do they call mm-hmm. it? Wind tunnel. Um, so he'll probably hit some homers. Yes, uh, but they strike out a lot in that outfield. They do. So uh, we'll see. Was this the player they needed? I don't think so. I don't know if it'll make the difference. That I don't, looking I don't for, think know? it's going to make a significant difference to add Joey Gallo, but they did, so God bless. The point of this. Isn't it Callow? Joey Callow? It's not Joey Callow. I don't know. What, what is that joke? It was, uh, Vinny, my cousin Vinny. Oh, wow. All right. All right. That's a good pull. That's a good pull. Not bad. I'll give you that one. I'll give you a point. Um. No is the answer. I feel n- the result of the game. I feel no different about. I one thousand percent feel wonderful about uh, uh, doing something wonderful for Sanzi. That's great. Uh, I talked to her briefly yesterday, and you know, just the thing that you do when when you're dealing with an anniversary is something you 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 try to reach out to people that you know are most affected by that day. I talked to Jeremy for a little bit yesterday too. Um, it's wonderful that they did that for Sanzi. That's a wonderful thing. And, and boy, that was special when Trey Mancini went over to, to see her after hitting the home run. Like, those are special moments. Like, but, you know, like I, but the result of the game? I can't help but, like... Relevant. It's a little heartwarming, I suppose. I know that... Did they won? In a weird sort of ethereal, like, the, the, mo the, you're looking trying to, down like, and fi- watching sort of way. But, okay. I, I mean, I, I get it. I get it. Yeah, I got nothing for that. I mean, I just don't. I got nothing for that. For the like, this was they won because of like I. That, I got nothing there. I, I. I just don't. It's not even about whether or not I believe in the supernatural. It's more like. <laughs> it's trying to say this the best way possible. I still don't think it's the best thing for the team. Of course. So like, I. I, it. I. It's still hard for me to feel good about it. There's nothing about. You know, getting two intentional walks in an inning, and they, like to make me think like this is proof that they're headed in the right direction. Like I, it it means very little to me. I'm sorry. The this, the moments are special. Trey Mancini hitting home run that's special. Yes, I I giving you that. You feel something. There's something that that you get sometimes when you turn on a baseball game and it's one out of 162 but it produces something that makes you feel something especially when the Orioles stink anyway that makes you feel something the results of the game made me feel nothing made me feel zero a walk-off walk is not like it's 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 an anomaly it's something that you don't see every day and there's that but no, the, even last night, I didn't feel anything about the result of the game. And if anything, what I felt about it was, oh boy, that was one they could have lost. They really, they really blew that chance. That was one that could have gotten them closer. We're too deep into the season at this point for wins to make me feel good. But what does a win do for this team? In any way, what does a win do for this baseball team? Nothing. Galvanize, but is that worth it? I don't we, know. We galvanize? What I does that know. even mean? I don't know. I mean, we don't, we don't want them to go on a win streak at the end of the year. We don't want them to go That's and the... find fi- above 500 baseball for the final two months. That like, doesn't not... help them in any way. There's nothing good that comes from that. You know, I hope, 
Like Austin Hayes has played well recently. That's a good thing, sure. right? Cedric Mullins continues to play well. We like him a lot. I mean, Ryan McKenna probably deserves some more chances to see if he can play well. He, he certainly appears to deserve more chances than DJ Stewart. Sure. You know. And all of that, right? Like, but no, those those things are not mutually exclusive with still being at best that they lose. I did have uh when I was talking last night, uh hang on a second. This was uh, Chris, Chris, who said, Glenn wouldn't be perfect, though, if this does end up being Trey Mancini's final home game. Yeah. I don't, I, I, I don't even think we're hearing rumors about that. I, on it, I think that we're just, the thing that I always thought was the case, I don't even think we're hearing Trey Mancini's name. Am I missing anything? Like, have there been I mean, I imagine they're real getting Trey, calls, I'm, I'm sure somebody right? called. And I think that the market for bats appears to be, you know, there's something there. What do you mean? Like, people are, the Yankees gave up something for Gallo, right? Like, Joey Gallo's a. Frazier got a decent amount for, from the Padres. Like, there, there are teams that need bats, but I think a lot of people looked at the Yankees as maybe one of the top potential destinations for somebody like Mancini. Um, okay, so a couple. Adam Fraser plays a position. I get it. Like he's not a, a positionless worry. player. But Mancini's Joe, a, Joe, arguably a middle of the order bat, right? Like, and it's not like he's a surefire three hitter that you're going to add to your team and transform Trey, your lineup. As much as I like Trey Mancini, comparing him to Joey Gallo as a power bat is non-existent. He's not. He's not Joey Gallo. He's better in the um, home run derby. Thank you. You know what? You make a, a solid observation. You're there. welcome. The, he's not those things. He's got a better hit tool than Gallo. Yeah, but he's not such a special hit tool that you I'm have. Not to. trying to pretend that he's a perennial 300 hitter. That's not what I'm doing. It's the here. point, like the the things that would make him a truly desirable commodity. He's he's. Go- I like Trey Mancini. This sounds like me t- taking shots at Trey Mancini. I like Trey Mancini. He's one of my favorite people that we've ever come across doing this. Um, that being said, I I I just not. I I have not sensed there have even been like real rumors about Trey Mancini going towards the deadline. And I don't know if that's unique to the Orioles just saying we're not trading him, that he doesn't want to be traded, we love Trey Mancini, we're not going to do it, Uh, or them saying we'll only do it if you overwhelm us and that was never going to happen for Trey Mancini. I don't know what it is, but I haven't even heard rumors about it. Now, maybe that changes. Maybe in the next 24 hours – you know, one team specifically says this is the guy we want and they do put together a, a, a reasonable package in order to go get him. I don't know, but I just haven't even heard that enough for me to think about that scenario of whether last night was Trey Mancini's. I get what you're saying, Chris. I completely understand it. Like, if there was a final image to have of Trey Mancini and in Baltimore, him Worth blowing... Worth his slugging percentage is only two points less than Gallo, right? For- Gallo's hitting 220. So you know what you're getting with Gallo you're, to an you're, extent. You're trading for him because he's going to hit he's bops. That's the reason. He has six, not, he has six more homers than than Mancini. Do the do the math. Do keep going. Last season, the season well not last season, trade in play. Do do it all. Well, I understand. He's got like, forty tr- home run power. That's the point. And you're putting him in New York where he's going to bash a billion home runs. Well, maybe not a billion. Kyle. But Joey Gallo is a power hitter. That's what he's bringing. Well, he's going, is, it's unfair to say that he's not, he, right? Like, he's a 30-plus home run guy. He's not great. a 40 home he's run guy. He's not Joey Gallo. I hear you. It's comparing it as silly. It's it's a silly comparison. Is 
Trey Mancini may be a better overall baseball player. Well, Gallo's got a hell of an than, arm, by the way. He does. That is true. He's got a great arm. So maybe he's not a better overall baseball player. Is he a comparable overall baseball player? Maybe. But in order, when you have no position, in order to get that, you've got to do something extraordinary it's otherwise. He's the first baseman who can play a, a serviceable corner outfield. I say left field, realistically. A serviceable mm. left field. Serviceable. I'm not, serviceable. I'm not overstating That's it. positionless. That's what positionless is. Well, first is. base is a position. I'm aware. But like That's he's positionless. A, he's a, he Anybody could, can play first base. You can take somebody on I think your he's, team I and think play he's, first I think base. he's probably a very good first baseman, for what it's worth, defensively. He's a good first baseman defensively. You can find somebody on I'm your roster that can saying, be a good first baseman. I'm not first overstating the value the, and pretending as though that's going to drive it. it it does nothing the p- point is that's the problem the there are some guys who are just butchers all around that are dhs and trey's not that right like but i get it i'm not pretending his defense is driving his value at all it's it, it it is of no help it's of no help to his value whatsoever that being said i don't i don't know there could be teams that would say i would like to have trey mancini i just don't the orioles as i said all along you would have to get something so overwhelming for his value to another team to match what it is in baltimore and because of that, I just never thought they were trading him. I never, I never thought that made sense. Now, if that changes in the next 24 hours, it changes. I'm not going to lose my mind over it because I get that this is how a rebuild works. But I've just never, never sensed that it was legitimate. It never felt real to me because he doesn't have the type of value that commands a king's ransom and without getting a king's ransom, why would you trade away the one guy that matters to your franchise? I, I just never saw it. I never did. And if it ha- again, if, if tomorrow morning we're having a conversation about the Orioles trading Trey Mancini, I, I'm still. It's going to be hard pressed for me to be terribly worked up by it because I still acknowledge what's happening here. There will be context to it, right? If they, like we talked about it, if they give him away for pennies, it'll suck. But I. I'll still come back to the idea of this is a rebuild. You, you're flipping out yesterday about relief arms and whether you trade them or not when they're not going to get you anything. Like you're, you're I'm not dealing flipping with the out. margins. I'm just saying it's a. There's these are calculated decisions. All of them are. I'm aware. But they're all within the margins. There's nothing here. There is no Manny Machado here. There is nothing here that is getting you something. The only thing that could have was John Means. That was the only piece you had. And uh, who knows? Maybe there still is, right? Maybe there's still some team that, that thinks that highly of John If means. they were going to trade Cedric Mullins, it would be because they were getting something uh, overwhelming, right? It, like, th- I don't expect no, that. He's not that piece. I love Cedric Mullins. He is not a piece that's getting you a King's I'm Ransom. I'm saying that the Orioles, it seems, would not unless they were with Mullins. Th- that's, that's an irrelevant co- You can't get a King's Ransom for Cedric Mullins. He's played good baseball for three months. I love Cedric Mullins. I know we're all happy about Cedric Mullins. Four months. It's fine. We're all we're all thrilled about what Cedric Mullins might be, but he's got to prove that he's that for longer in order to get that type of return for him. You can't get that type of return for a guy that just became this guy in the last four months. There is no track record of that. There is no one you point to that was not scouted as a superstar, that was not believed to be that player, that had four good months and suddenly landed you a, a, an organizationally changing package. There is not an example of that. There is no trade to be made for that. The only guy that's getting you something that changes your organization was John Means. That's the one. Everybody else is a trade you can make and get various levels you should make, right? Like there's, if somebody wants, if for some bizarro reason, 
somebody's watching Matt Harvey's last couple of starts and saying, maybe we can squeeze a couple more good starts out of him, you take anything for him. Mm -hmm. I don't think that's happening in a million years. But, of course, take something for Matt Harvey because Lord knows there's nothing there. But everybody else is some amount of minimal return. They just don't have those pieces. They're not here with the exception of means. And again, the injury really screwed up that possibility. It really kind of ended that thought that you were going to get a, a return that would change your situation for John Means. It really ended that when he got hurt. So I, I just... I have very low expectations. Could they could they trade one of these relief arms? Could they trade Paul Fry? Absolutely, they could trade Paul Fry. They will. I, I don't know why they wouldn't. If if there really is somebody who's offering something. Well, he's on the lower end of the reliever market, but teams might be you aware take, of that take, and say, take we'll the, give up less for him right, than we take, would for... Take the nothing. Just you know. take it and, and, and do it. Fine. Why, why wouldn't you? There's no reason not to. But... Otherwise, this there's just nothing that's exciting to me about the trade deadline for the Orioles. I don't think that you're going to see anything particularly noteworthy over the course of, I say, 24 hours. I guess it's, what, 30 hours? 20, 29 and a half hours between now and the deadline tomorrow at four. Look, I'm all, I'm all in favor of Elias and company scouting teams, lower levels of their minors, and picking some guys that they think have some upside and seeing what they can do with them. Fine, but for who? whoever they have the opportunity to do it with. I'm not saying that you do Like I said, pennies for Mancini, pennies for, I know you said Mullins, they were just do it to do it. I'd be upset, but I don't expect they would, right? I don't think they would. I think they understand the calculus of all of this. Um, so go ahead. Trade Paul Fry. Go ahead. Trade Salsa. You know, I don't if anyone wants them. I, by all means. Yeah. Go, go, go right ahead and try to get whatever nothing you can get for those guys. By all means, go right ahead and do it. I feel like there was one other thing I wanted to get to at the top of the show today, and i got to be honest with you, I've already forgotten what it is. That happens sometimes when I do these things. I um, Oh, if you didn't see uh, Bobby Fink last night at the Olympics, that kicked ass. What happened? Bobby Fink uh, was swimming in the 800 meter and was in fifth place the whole race, race and significantly far behind going into the final lap, the final mm -hmm. 50 meters. What was the, the, the stroke? I don't know. Or were they swimming? I, I, breast, I think, was what it was. You don't know. I, it was breast, I huh? think. I think that's what it was, if I remember correctly. Is that I've, different from what is breast, right? I, I, don't, I don't know, dude. I don't. This is not my area of expertise. So that's not freestyle. Freestyle is when they do the... Isn't breaststroke the one where they do it, the regular one? What? Isn't that the one where... I, I know how to do a breaststroke, yeah, right? Isn't I, that the one I where you go no, like this I'm and not... That, a, by the way, I got an answer. That. Tim from Bel Air did uh, confirm to me that there is someone watching every swimmer to make sure that every stroke is the one they're supposed to be doing. I would imagine that. He said at like a, like a significant high school meet in Maryland recently, one of the top swimmers in the state got DQ'd because they, did a, they, were, they were trying to do the thing I, I was talking about. I think breaststroke is the one that, that we can do. Is the it? The one that we know how to do with I, the I got arm after you. arm I, and I you don't. poke your head out and take a breath back. No, nah, breaststroke is, is this bad boy. It's the one where you have your hands together. It's the, oh, that, that one seems that interesting, thing. yeah. So I don't think that's what the 800 was. Okay. I don't think that's what it was. Hang on a second. Bobby Fink, 800... Jackson thinks it was freestyle. Maybe, maybe, maybe we could turn his microphone. Jack, when you've got something to add, Just raise your hand. Raise your hand, and we'll turn your microphone on, and then lean into the microphone. All right, all right? you're yeah, not. No, I think it was freestyle. Uh, I, I we'll saw, it, I was, saw, it, I saw was, it was video the, this it, morning. It was the freestyle. It was the 800 freestyle. Exactly right. Expert. Bobby Fink was getting his ass handed to him. 
and yeah, yeah, you can leave it on. That's fine. Go ahead. Yeah, no, it was one of the most absurd it's, comebacks. It's, I've, in I've seen history. a lot of things, and like this is in order for something that happens in a swimming pool to be something that I'd be talking about on this show the next day. It it has to be truly amazing. How many lengths this of a is horse one of the was it? Most I know how to like, calculate this. I, I don't know. I, it's very difficult. Could have been for like me two. To, yeah, two horse lengths. I mean, like it was big ri- horse though. The horse. You said horse in Maryland. It was ridiculous. It's like an eight foot tall horse in Maryland. What? Yeah. Legit or I'm not even joking. Legitimately eight feet tall. I've never seen anything like this last night. And, and like that, there was that famous relay that uh, kept Michael Phelps uh, eight uh, gold medals alive, where the U.S. had to come yeah, back yeah, for the yeah. final. That was the most exciting the, swimming thing. I've it's ever the seen. Mo- oh, it's by far the most electric swimming thing ever. This see that eight foot horse. Phantom the unit. Jeez, <laughs> <laughs> damn it! Now I got it. Now I'm, <laughs> all right, for F's sake, hang oh on a second. God. What's the, what? yeah, he's on like a reservation in Maryland, just hanging out. Two thousand pounds. Yeah. And when he stands completely up straight, <laughs> he's eight feet tall. But is it real? Yes, legitimately. Yeah, it's definitely real. Yes. I don't like, know is, that he it's is like real. He's an inch or two short of being the tallest horse ever. I'm seeing him. He's a, it, if this is real, it's a massive horse. I don't know that I believe it. It's something that started on TikTok. How am I supposed yeah. to trust anything? I don't know what you want from me, dude. You want me to go measure the horse? I, I want us to have a little bit more scrutiny. That's a horse than just I could ride. And making that's the rare. assumption that something is real. I'm, I don't know I'm if you pretty, would want to ride that. Yeah, I, I don't, don't think anybody. No, he's not very. He's very slow. Apparently, he's a deliberate mover. Like the the <laughs> the sources that are like talking about him are distractify an outsider. So let's go see this not, horse. And not the Baltimore Sun let's or the go Washington be journalists Post. Journalists about or, this and go see this horse. I would. I would be. I would like to do that. Yes. <laughs> I. You know what? I actually would like to do that. I want you to get in touch with the people that allegedly own. Uh, the, oh, this is on the New York Post. Now, hang on a second. Uh-huh. Uh, the Post is always tricky. The, the Post in particular is tricky because it's a bit of a tabloid. The shiny-haired stallion has a cult following. Ah, good one. Phantom. This is what you get from a tabloid. Phantom, a seven-year-old Shire breed who lives at a Maryland rescue center, is getting a lot of attention after a TikTok video showcasing his towering, nearly seven-foot height brought in more than 11 million views, blah, blah, blah. Although Shires are generally a tall breed, uh, Phantom's soaring stature is still unusual as the largest rarely clear six feet. We can't... No, this is a quote from... Let's see. We can't take Phantom anywhere without crowds coming over to stand next to him and get a picture of the giant horse. Uh, Lauren Nation, director of development at Gentle Giants Draft Horse Rescue in Mount Airy, Maryland, told Newsflare, whatever that is. Love it. Many people can't believe there are horses as big as him. He's a big and, one. And in another picture, he's still big, but it doesn't look as big as the first picture I saw. The first picture makes him look like a... We need a banana for scale. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> that would help if we had a banana for scale. The next one makes him look like a giant horse, but like more similar to the size of a human. Look, he's bigger than you. Let's not just say things. Let's not just say things that we don't know are true. Reach out to Gentle Giants Draft Horse Rescue. Say we want to come out and see the big-ass horse. I want you to do that legitimately. There is what – is, what is going on? Hang on a second. You got people talking John, about the horse? No, John Colson is flipping out. About the horse? Oh, no, he's flipping out. That it, he's telling us it was the 800 free. John, you're about three minutes behind. I'm sorry. <laughs> you're about three. Jack was all over it, pal. He's our expert. It was the 800 free. You think that I'm going to like do super research on this? It was an 800-meter race, and it was the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen. Isn't that this like comeback. 16 laps? Yes. It's 50 meters each. That would be pretty tiring. And yet, <laughs> you would think in the last 50 meters, you just want to try to finish. This dude hit the turbo boost, Bobby Fink, to go on to win the gold medal when he had not been a factor at all during the course of the race. It was one of the wildest things I've ever seen in the Olympics. So, cool. Go check that out. All right, when we come back in, we're going to meet Eric Williamson, former Terp, now getting ready for the... 
That's the wrong I, button. Don't turn off my microphone. It's not even the mute for It's a weird, I don't know how this all, what, what, it's fine, we're good. I, we've been there before. I get it. It's you just should know so not to close. press the button. It's so close, whatever, we're good. Like, I feel, you keep trying to make this seem like it's on somebody else. I just don't understand how, why they'll be like, you've, it's like, it's like, dealt the, with uh, this a million it's like, times. why would you put a dumpster next to a playground it's, kind it's of thing? Fine. You know? It's fine. It's <laughs> fine. That's what this is. I understand what you're saying, yeah. but you know it's there. Ah, uh, it's back. We're back. Yeah, it's on you. Here's what we're talking about. I swear, can't hear you. Swear there to God. it is. Yeah. Swear to God. It's on you. It's not on somebody else. Eric Williamson, getting ready for the Gold Cup semifinals tonight. Former Turp. We'll chat with him next. Uh, if you missed it last night, Stan the Fan and Gary Stein caught up with Kevin Rocklitz from the Baltimore Ravens. A lot of really interesting um, business side of where the Ravens are and the impact of the last year and then moving forward with sports betting. What does that look like? Really fascinating conversation. You can check it out right now by going to facebook.com slash pressboxsports and clicking on the videos tab, or you can go to pressboxonline.com and find it there. As always, Stan Show is brought to you by C3 American Exteriors. It's Glenn Clark Radio from the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio. Glory Days Grill's popular summer seasonal menu is back with favorites like their Very Berry Salad and Smoky Thigh Wings. It also features the all-new shrimp po'boy, crispy fried shrimp on a freshly baked sub roll with lettuce, tomato, and a house-made spicy remoulade. Other delicious items include a 12-ounce New York strip steak, the barbecue chicken bowl, barbecue ribs, and Smoky Thigh Wings combo platter, zucchini fries, and a key lime pie. All of these meals pair well with Sam Adams' summer or their anniversary IPA brewed by Devil's Backbone. Glory Days Grill is hiring all positions. Want to work for a great family-oriented company known for their commitment to the community? Stop into one of their restaurants and speak with a manager. Management opportunities are available. The Olympics start soon. Stop in and watch the games at Glory Days Grill. Every child who dines at one of their restaurants during the Olympic Games will receive a gold medal. Find out more by going to glorydaysgrill.com. C3 American Exteriors is the area's best and most trusted roof and siding specialists. C3 is also an insurance adjuster's worst nightmare and a homeowner's dream come true. With all of the bad weather, chances are you have some roof and siding damage. Call C3 American Exteriors now to get your roof and siding repairs for the cost of your deductible. Don't let the insurance industry get one over on you. C3 guarantees a 48-hour rapid response. Call 401-9797 or go to c3america.com for a free analysis. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a wide range of models and trim lines. You can choose the perfect Toyota to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. Baseball is back in full in 2021, and the bat around has got you covered from bell to bell. Hi, I'm Paul Valley, and you can catch me along with my co-host, Zach Goodman, every Saturday morning from 10 to 12 on the bat around right here at Press Box Sports. We'll break down every win, every loss, and everything in between, plus tell you who we take to rake each week as the Orioles look to get back in the hunt and bring competitive baseball back to Baltimore. Catch us at PressBoxOnline.com slash the bat around or at Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports. That's the bat around every Saturday morning from 10 to 12 right here at Press Box sports it takes time to get rich flavorful coffee beans from the lush mountain regions of colombia and brazil to royal farms but less than a minute to get yourself a delicious hot cup of the finest and freshest coffee in the world because royal farms new swiss made coffee machines grind those rich flavorful coffee beans and brew them one magnificent cup at a time it's why royal farms makes the freshest and best coffee in the world real fresh real fast royal farms 
redefine your skills, inspire change, and make a difference. The Army offers the new generation of youth the ability to be part of something bigger than themselves, while also improving who they will become individually. Soldiers have the ability to impact the world in many different ways. The Army supports humanitarian missions ranging from the COVID-19 response to natural and man-made disasters. Visit GoArmy.com forward slash Baltimore. All right, back in here on GCR from the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio of PressBox. Today's program is also brought to you by Window Nation. Right now, get 50% off all styles of windows, plus put no money down, make no payments, and pay no interest for 24 months. 866-90NATION or visit windownation.com. Tell them Glenn Clark sent you Window Nation, the perfect fit. I didn't see everybody. We talked about the Bobby Fink thing. Everybody else was going on about. I did not watch uh, Caleb Dressel won a gold medal last night, and apparently his interview with like his parents made everybody in the country cry. I, I just didn't see it. I guess I should go do that. But everybody was freaking it, freaking out about that this morning too. I what did I watch last night Olympics wise? I I watched the swimming. I feel like that was about all I watched last. The tennis. Mm. They did this terrible bit with the tennis. It's the right thing to do. Multiple players were literally like on the verge of heat stroke, oh. so they decided to back up the tennis to put it all basically at night. Like they weren't going to start any match before three o'clock Sounds local reasonable. time. The problem with that being it's two a.m. Eastern. I'm pretty sure their health is probably a little more important. Than I understand yeah. that it's just a bi- it's a bitter pill for two reasons. One, because it means I'm I'm not get I don't get to watch the tennis. But then two, it's a bitter pill because my girl Pala Bedosa literally was one of the players that was affected the day before had to retire from a match that she had had over in. had who over over she uh Vondrasova's on to the uh, gold medal match on to the gold medal match she uh defeated Alina Svitolina in the semifinals <laughs> last night her name's Avina Svitolina Alina Svitolina isn't that also funnier why is that funny? Same part. Why you is someone's just, name funny to you? It's like uh, what's funny about it? What's Julia? Her, her first name Ju- is, is in her last name. Julia Gulia. I don't get it. No, this is even more than that. Her first name is in her last name. Elena Svitolina. <laughs> it's not technically because it's Elena E L I N A. So you're but you're, phonetically you're wrong. You're wrong about this. Jack has something to add. He just crept up to the microphone. No, I, I can't. I, All right, we should have stuck with the hand system. I saw should've the stuck uh, with the episode of The system. Wire last night with Stan the Fan in the background. Yeah, why? That, that was what you were. We were, my girlfriend and I were, are watching The Wire. She hasn't seen it, so we're in the process. You know, there's so. sports going on right now. No, not really. This is like one of the few times during the summer that something's happening. I don't know when stuff live is happening in the Olympics. I've sort of given you, up. You won't believe this. I tell you during Totally Tubular. Yeah, I don't believe day. you. Yeah, why would now that's now that part's more interesting. <laughs> why would you think that I would lie <laughs> about what was going on at the Olympics? Trust no one. Trust no one. That's your that's your mantra. You say, okay, well, uh, you get what you get, I guess, in those circumstances. I don't know what. It, uh, and I know nothing about um, another American won the uh, gymnastics without Simone Biles being there. It was Sumi. Sumi was. It was not name. Sumi. It Sumi. was Suni. Suni Lee. Yeah. Suni Lee won the gold medal. So congratulations to her. I, again, as I said before, unfortunately. Gymnastics is just not my thing. Not my thing. Maybe if you could support your body weight with just your arms. You know what's like funny? I tried to do the monkey bars the other day. <laughs> <laughs> I was at a playground with my kids, and I was like, it's been a long time since I attempted the monkey bars. You've always been more of like a leg and core strength. Yeah, everyone knows yeah, that. Yeah, it's not really your biceps. I made it like a couple of bars, 
And then I just lost the grip. Like, I don't remember how we gripped the monkey bars as kids. You just like, grip it and, and hold it. Grip and rip it, if grip you Grip and rip it, if yeah. you will. Yeah. I don't know how that... I, like, literally lost the grip as I was trying to do the monkey bars the other day. All right. So that's what's going on in the world. That's that's what's happening. There you go. Uh, we had to do this a little bit earlier on because of uh, his schedule and getting ready for a big match tonight. But an opportunity to catch up with former Terp, Eric Williamson, with the U.S. soccer team. Let's chat with him right now here on GCR. Coming up tonight, the Gold Cup semifinals. The U.S. taking on Cutter. Joining us now, a man who has been a huge part of this U.S. team and a former Terp. It's a pleasure to welcome in for the first time to GCR, Mr. Eric Williamson, who's with us right now. Eric, it's Glenn in Baltimore. It's great to chat with you, man. Thank you so much for taking a couple of minutes for us. No problem, no problem. Anytime. Excited to be on. Man, it's great to chat with you. Can you put into words like what this experience has been like for you and um, just a magical kind of opportunity for you to be out there representing your country? No, for sure. I, you know, I think it's hard to put words around, you know, this experience. You know, it's something that as a as an up-and-coming player in this country, it's, it's good that I get this CONCACAF kind of tournament um, experience. You know, we have, you know, the likes of Donovan Pines and uh, also another Terps yep. that, you know, I'm, I'm familiar with. But it, it's good to see, you know, two of us coming from, you know, the same time in Maryland, seeing, you know, the Zach Steffens, who is also a Terp. And, yep. you know, all these guys that, that, that we're competing with and that, we, you know, we're growing up playing with that ultimately make it to the stage is just kind of a valuable experience to have in our careers. I it, think it's very important to you know take the step and to you know get the chance to represent our country i know you've you got like bigger goals in mind and and not just with your club but you know we talk about world cup things along those lines but what you're alluding to the the sort of pipeline almost that's existed for maryland soccer and the national team and you know, it goes back, the Graham Zussis of the world, the Moadus of the world, all those guys, Omar Gonzalez, right? Like, how significant is that sort of, like, carrying that flag a little bit, that this pipeline that's continued between Maryland and the national team? Yeah, I mean, it's uh, not only a massive, you know, thing to carry, but it's also a huge honor, you know. it's you know, Two years ago, I was in, in a pre-Gold Cup camp with Omar Gonzalez, and I think it was the first time I've really, you know, sat down or sat and played with him. And, you know, just knowing that he was, you know, a few years before me and, you know, Marisa Du, all these guys that, that we look up to, you know, being able to share the room, share the field with them is just massive. And just knowing that, you know, we're taking a step in the right direction to also represent our country and, you know, not only do it, you know, for our club, but doing it for for our, our 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 college at the same time. So. That's awesome. That's awesome, man. That's so cool to hear, and it is. It's so cool to see you and, and Donovan out there, and and for both of you to get that first taste. What 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 is that first moment like? I don't get it. I know it's not the World Cup. I know it's not the biggest like competition you'll ever play in. But what is it when you're on the you know the senior team for the first time to get out on the field? You know, as you did a couple of matches ago. Like, what goes through your mind? How's it? How does it compare to other accomplishments that you've had in your soccer career? Yeah, I mean, it's nerve-wracking, you know, going into a game like that. You know, my first game against Haiti, it was uh, you know, kind of a must-win game for us. And it was, you know, one of those that you kind of hope for, you know, you look up to, you are excited for growing up and just knowing how challenging it is to, to kind of make it to this point and, you know, finally being able to represent our country. I think, you know, going into the game, it's one of those where, like, everyone's, you know, asking, you know, what were you thinking, where was your head is at? And I was just kind of, you know, so... 
like lost in the moment, just kind of enjoying it, knowing, you know, now if you, if you asked me if my shoes were inside, I probably wouldn't have known if, you know, I was just <laughs> so excited to kind of get in the game. So it's just kind of one of those that, you know, right when the moment's happening, you just kind of, it, it's just surreal. It's something you can't really explain in words, but, you know, I'm honored to represent this country. You know, not a ton of people have been able to do so, and, you know, not able to say that they've been, they've, represented the country at an international level. That's cool, man. Eric Williamson, the former Terrapee, is with us here on GCR. Eric, you shared a picture on Twitter um, after your debut of, uh, it was a juxtaposition of you sitting in the stands here in Baltimore um, at, a, at a Gold Cup match a few years. I guess let me start with, was it a Gold Cup match a few years back? Yeah, it was the Gold Cup uh, quarterfinal against El Salvador. El Salvador, where there were, where I found out there was so many more El Salvadorians in this area than I realized there were because <laughs> right, exactly. they were filling yeah. up the stadium. Um, right, no, like, for sure. H- how old were you at that point? Um, I-, I-, I assume you were still in your teens, correct? Yeah, I I want to say it was 2013, so I think we're going. Oof. 14, 15 range. Okay, right around that range. Like, were, were you thinking then, I'm going to be putting this uniform on? Like, were, at that point in your life, was it real to you yet that this was your path, that you were going to play in the MLS, that you were going to have these opportunities? Or was it still kind of a dream at that point? And how does now living it out compare to, like, the thoughts that maybe you had when you were sitting there at M&T Bank Stadium that day? You know, it's, it's tough to say. I think then it was just, you know, I, it was before I knew that, you know, I was close to taking that step to be a professional. I think it was just always a dream of mine, you know, oh, okay, I want to be out there one day. And it's, you know, you just kind of take it day by day and it's kind of like, oh, okay, you know, I don't know what the future holds, but, you know, this is what I also want to do one day. But, you know, now looking back, it's just, you know, if I knew that, I think it would have made the situation a little different, just kind of like analyzing it. But it was kind of just, looking up to everyone on the field, looking up to the moment, you know, I think it was my first national team game or maybe the only national team game I've ever attended. Wow. And it just happened to be a gold cup in, in Baltimore. And I know that, um, I had went with a family friend, Lucas Mendez, who also grew up in the area that, you know, my, my mom didn't even take me. It was kind of just going with a friend, just kind of a casual going out to a soccer game. And it, you know, ultimately turned into you know being a bigger moment than than I even expected. I, I sense that it was kind of special for you to think and reflect that way. Like I, I feel like you don't post something like that if it wasn't something that you had thought about maybe a little bit in the lead up to this Gold Cup. No, for sure. I think it it didn't really hit until you know I got called in and I sat down and I realized like, well, I went to a national team game and you know <laughs> back then I didn't think about a Gold Cup. I didn't think. You know, I thought maybe, okay, it was friendly or something like that. And I, you know, sat down, I searched for the picture. I had texted, you know, a bunch of people trying to find the picture. I was like, I know I have this picture somewhere. I think I, <laughs> we ended up finding it on, on an old computer. And it was just like, hey, like, let me see if I can get my hands on it. And then, boom, you can see, you know, kind of Gold Cup, um, seeing that it was in Baltimore and just, you know, knowing what game it was, what minute it was. It was kind of, you know, like just a surreal moment for it to be like, wow, it was, you know, my first and only national team game is is a Gold Cup in Baltimore, and now you know, seven years later, it's you know representing my country at, at the so, Gold Cup. It's so. so awesome! It's so awesome! And by the way, you know, there's a there's a real chance that uh, not the next one, but the next World Cup after that could include matches in Baltimore. Like, could you imagine really coming full circle on this and playing in a World Cup in that same stadium that you were once sitting in? 
No, for sure. I think that's just kind of the biggest goal, not only trying to make the make the team for this up and coming World Cup, yep. but just kind of being in the picture for, you know, World Cups to come and I you know, knowing it's coming to the US and, you know, Baltimore and, and DC area, you know, potentially being a spot where we can play, I think it would just be, you know, surreal. I, my family and friends are all there and I'm sure it's gonna be, you know, upwards of uh, trying to get a hundred tickets for that team. So <laughs> you know it's definitely a step to, you know, try and make the team and, and, and make sure I'm, you know, in the best spot possible to to be able to say, you know, I've come full circle and, you know, watching a game to playing in a World Cup game in, awesome. in Baltimore. So. That's so cool, man. What a cool story that would be. I guess we'll take it one step at a time. First of all, we want you guys to go win the Gold Cup this year, and then we'll deal with what's right. next. He's Eric Williamson. <laughs> He's with us here on GCR. Eric, like with that in mind, you know, how close do you feel like you are to being at a level that you can be on the World Cup roster? Like how close do you feel like you are – as far as your own game and the way that you're playing. And I get there are things that are beyond your control when it comes to something like that. But how much do you feel like you're at a place where you're ready to play at that highest level? Yeah, I think it's just kind of one step at a time, you know, trying to, you know, make sure I leave a good impression here on on Greg and, you know, ultimately know that, like, I'm here to compete knowing I, you know, want to win trophies. And not only a trophy of, you know, winning the World Cup, but, you know, something as simple as a Gold Cup. You know, I think the first step is, it's qualifying and, and, and putting in a good shift, you know, here in the Gold Cup and trying to make the, you know, the, the qualifying group. And then, you know, it just comes with a lot of steps. You know, I've, in my career multiple times, I've been trying to skip steps. And I think, you know, the biggest one is taking it day by day and you know, step by step. And I think the biggest thing for me right now is, you know, considering to put in the work and, and, and winning this Gold Cup. I mean, I respect that, and that's that's the you can't you got to do that. Um, that continues, of course, as we mentioned tonight against Cutter with the final. Uh, should you guys advance coming up on Sunday night? Um, there have been a couple of hairy moments in this tournament, right? The other night, it took a little while, and there were some of us that were maybe screaming at our televisions a little bit. Um, what have you learned about this team and this process and what it takes? What What is the best lesson that you've got so far as you head into the semifinals about what it's going to take in order to win this competition? I mean, I think the biggest thing this group has learned that, you know, it, it's never going to be easy. You look at our group stage matches, you know, none of them were were easy. I I think it took us a little to get going against Haiti, a little to get going against Martinique, and you know, getting a good result um, against Canada. You know, Jamaica's never an easy team to play. You know, playing playing them playing them in a friendly and playing them in a competitive match where you know there's a gold cup or you know there's there's something on the line is, is totally different. So you know we are realizing that we're accepting that and knowing that you know this game tonight or is is just not going to be easy. It's going to be one of those that we're really going to, you know, have to put in, you know, more 110 percent to make sure we're 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 beating the Qataris. Oh, no doubt, man. And they they've clearly. I think a lot of people had no idea. I think there are a lot of people coming in this tournament like, what? They're here? Why? And then right. like all of a sudden you're like, right. oh my god, they're good. <laughs> like, right. Exactly. They. You know, that's one of the biggest surprises of of, of the tournament, and it's you know good that we're able to, you know, be be challenged this way. So. We're excited. Um, the the possibility. I know I don't want to project too far because I get it. It's a match at a time. But the possibility of being on the pitch for a U.S. Mexico match and this would be a final. And and I know I don't want to get you in trouble and like you know, create bulletin board material. So let's just say like hypothetically, <laughs> if something like that were to happen, could you put into words what something like that would mean to you? 
Honestly, I don't I don't think so. You know, I played Mexico in the U20 level for, you know, qualifying for the U20 World Cup. And, you know, you can just see the intensity of that game, you know, how much that U.S.-Mexico yep. game means to everyone, not only the players on the field, but the federation, you know, the fans. You know, we didn't have fans down in Costa Rica, but it just felt like there was just so much intensity, so much, you know, fight, and just, so, just like so much history behind the game that, you know, no one wanted to lose. I think we ended up winning 1-0, and I think it was the most I've ever celebrated for a goal in my life is just, you know, knowing that it's the U.S.-Mexico and, and, and what it would mean. But yep. especially at the senior level, I know it's going to be a competition. It's going to be an intense match that, you know, flares, you know, tempers are, 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 are flaring, and, you know, everyone's just really emotionally into this game that, you know, I have to make sure I, I, I'm bringing the intensity and the, you know, fight to this game knowing knowing how big it is. Clearly the last U.S.-Mexico match we saw is one of the most unbelievably compelling matches we've seen in recent soccer history. So, like, right. could only imagine what the next one would be. And then before we let you go, Eric, um, let's bring it back to Baltimore for a second. You got a chance to hang out with Trey Mancini recently, um, which which is really, like, so cool, man. Can you tell me about... You know, I, like growing up and your age, I, I know the Nationals were probably around at a young age. So maybe I don't know if you were more of a Nationals fan than an Orioles fan. Like, can you give me your background with that and what that was like getting hooked up with Trey when you guys were down in Kansas City? Yeah, I mean, I'm from Alexandria originally, and you know, growing up, I think my first, you know, ten or so years, it was all the Orioles. It yeah, was, you know, just all the caps with with the O's or you know the bird on the logo, and we're just kind of we were just introduced to the Nationals, and it just didn't, you know, sit with my family because they were just kind of like, oh, you know, it's a new team. You know, maybe we're just going to stick to support of the Orioles. You know, I always love the orange and black kind of combination. So, you know, I still support the Orioles, and, and that's what I was telling Trey. I was like, I mean, yeah, there's the Nationals that's close by, but, like, my biggest thing is is I've always wanted to go to Orioles games. You know, I, I wow. went to one Nationals game because it, it was convenient, but it was one of those that, you know, you always – are going to root for the team you kind of rooted for growing up. You know, it's hard to kind of switch to the Nationals. And, you know, being able to meet him, you know, he was an incredible guy with an incredible story. I mean, just listening to the way he, he spoke and the way he overcame, you know, cancer was just, you know, you can't put words on that either. You know, you never, you know, you wish to never um, experience that, but it's one of those that, you know, he was he was able to overcome and, you know, his story and, and, and how he got into soccer and, you know, his his overall story of, you know, meeting his girlfriend and, you know, now was just introduced to, you know, finding out he had cancer. So it was just a lot that we talked about. It was good that, you know, it was just such a fluid conversation. It's one of those that, you know, I think it will go deeper than just a conversation of, you know, hopefully we can you know, off seasons meet up and, and, wow. and try to, you know, get something going in the Baltimore area. So, you know, I'm super, you know, honored to to meet him and, and be able to trade jerseys with him. And, you know, it's one that I'm definitely going to have hanging out. So. You're giving me chills right now, bro, because he's one of the most real human beings on the face of the Like, he's just such a genuine guy, and we're all, you know, he means so much to so many people in this community. And to hear you talk about that and the relationship that you're building, that's really special, man. That is right. a really special thing to hear about. Eric Williamson, man, we're so happy for you. Let's get plugs in. Um, Twitter, Instagram, where can people be giving you a follow? 
Oh, yeah. I think um, Instagram and Twitter, it's both Eric, E-R-Y-K-W-19 um, on Instagram and Twitter, and pretty active on both, so... Yeah, give him a follow, good. man. Pretty good following. So. G- give him a follow there, dude. We we are we we love your voice. Um, we love your play. We can't wait to see what's next for you. It's awesome um, to see Terps continue to uh, represent the country at the highest level, man. Uh, congratulations on everything. Go get him against Cutter tonight. Thank you so much for taking the time for us this morning. Oh, thank you, thank you. There you go, Eric Williamson, the former Terp. That's the first semifinal tonight, the U.S. and Cutter. By the way, as a country, could we just please come to an agreement on pronunciation? It's the most infuriating thing. Drew got it wrong yesterday. There's, there is no wrong. Is there not? There's no wrong. That, like, it, it's be- there has it's, to be a wrong. You say that, but like, do some, well, what res- do they do say? some research on it. They say it more like gutter, right? Apparently, it's supposed to be cutter, but everybody said Qatar for so long that that's become like acceptable. Well, it's Ngakwe and Yannick and Yannick. It's sort of like that. Like they 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 stopped caring what anybody called there. It's I would just like for everybody to say this is it. This is the one. Go with it. Moving forward. I've said cutter because that's what we were told it was when that's, they announced it was going to be at the I, World Cup. I, there, I understand that, but apparently the other one is also acceptable. It's a really weird bit, man. Really weird bit. But that's the first semifinal tonight, 7.30. Uh, and then the second semifinal is uh, Mexico-Canada. So most people think it'll end up being the U.S. and Mexico, but they got work to do in order to make that happen. Uh, busy night tonight, obviously. It was uh, The NBA draft is also tonight. The Olympics continue. Just a lot going on. We'll talk about more of that when we get the totally tubular here in a bit. It is a Thursday edition of the program from the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio. Today's show brought to you by... Mobile One, Mobile One Full Synthetic Motor Oil helps extend engine life. Visit your local Jiffy Lube service center. Ask for Mobile One. We're going to do an early version of Young Utes today because of the way the show is structured. So we're going to do that when we come back in. A couple other things I want to get to during the course of the morning. And still to come, we'll go out to training camp, chat with uh, Ravens beat writer Bo Smolka, as well as uh, Peter Hubeck, the Gilman alum who was just drafted in the third round by the Dodgers and is headed to join their system. All that still coming up. It's Glenn Clark Radio from the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio. Here it Watch out! For the first time, the PGA Tour's FedEx Cup Playoffs is coming to Maryland. The top 70 players in the world converge on Kays Valley Golf Club for the 2021 BMW Championship, August 24th through 29th, 2021. Baltimore's iconic and challenging course provides the perfect test as the playoffs heat up. Tickets are now available. Don't miss your chance to watch the drama unfold. Visit BMWChampionship.com today. C3 American Exteriors is the area's best and most trusted roof and siding specialists. C3 is also an insurance adjuster's worst nightmare and a homeowner's dream come true. With all of the bad weather, chances are you have some roof and siding damage. Call C3 American Exteriors now to get your roof and siding repairs for the cost of your deductible. Don't let the insurance industry get one over on you. C3 guarantees a 48-hour rapid response. Call 401-9797 or go to c3america.com for a free analysis. This is how you get a premium cup of coffee. Better and faster than the drip, drip, drip method. And way better than a large urn of lukewarm coffee made who knows when. 
At Royal Farms, our new Swiss-made coffee machines grind fresh premium beans on the spot and then brew them one cup at a time for the freshest, most flavorful cup of premium coffee you can buy. This is Royal Farms coffee. It's better because it's the freshest coffee in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. Sports and Social Maryland is bringing the ultimate fan experience to you at Live Casino and Hotel. We take sports viewing to the next level with a massive 100-foot media wall, 47-foot big screen, 40 HD TVs, extensive beer selection, big eats, in-venue gaming, bowling, and more. The perfect destination for sports enthusiasts and fun seekers. We're raising the sports bar at Sports and Social Maryland. Come see for yourself. Book your table now at SportsSocialMD.com. That's SportsSocialMD.com. Hi, it's Glenn Clark for Window Nation. When it comes to cost and quality, Window Nation has you covered, saving you thousands more on your windows compared to national brands while providing the same, if not better, quality. Want detail? Window Nation measures each window three times to ensure proper fit. And after they install your new windows, they leave your home cleaner than it was before. Get 50% off every style window plus put no money down make no payments and pay no interest for 24 months 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com tell them glenn clark sent you window nation the perfect fit the biggest pro wrestling stars today and all time all have one thing in common you've heard them on jobbing out matt and nick jackson the young bucks thanks for having us man appreciate it adam cole how are you guys doing today matt riddle yeah man thanks man. the champ Drew McIntyre. Oh, thank you for having me. The great Ron Simmons. Damn. Keith Lee. Appreciate you guys having me, man. Bill Goldberg. My pleasure. Charlotte. Thank you so much for having me. Mick Foley is with us. This is the greatest name for a wrestling show I've ever heard. MJF. I'm glad you're happy I'm on this show because I'm freaking miserable. Le Champion. Chris Jericho. Le Champion. AJ, Aaron, Brandon, and Glenn are talking pro wrestling every week on Jobbing Out. Find it at PressBoxOnline.com slash radio, iTunes, and SoundCloud. Tweet us at Glenn Clark Radio. 21st Century Talk Radio at GlennClarkRadio.com. All right, back in here on GCR from the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio of PressBox. Today's program also brought to you by your local Toyota dealer and buyatoyota.com. Make the most out of every day. And then a Toyota RAV4, available in hybrid or gas-only models. A RAV4 can get you where you want to go in style. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new RAV4s from your local Toyota dealer today. All right, doing this a little bit earlier today because of the way that the second hour sort of is flushing out. But... I whistled into the. You kind of had did, a little I bit of the a, you thing. I kind of whistled into the side of the. There was a little bit of a dead whistle a in there. Well, no, it was because I went into the side of you the. You know, it's three names: Peter, happened. Bjorn, and John. Thank you. You nailed that. Yeah, a lot of people didn't know that. By the way, I'm. Oh, I'm, I lost my mind yesterday. I got an email. Uh, Robert Randolph is playing at the Wrecker Theater, Ooh. which is back. The Wrecker Theater is Housing? back. Yes, got like some memories it, there. Oh, do I have some memories there? Some things I don't remember about the Wrecker Theater. That um, was the rec room also, right? No, the rec room is the bar next door. Okay. The record theater is the music venue that was ex- existed for forever. Then they closed it. I want to say... Ever been in a fight in the rec room? No. 
eight or nine years ago. Yeah, I mean, I, I haven't done that. Uh, I spent a few nights in the rec room, but did not ever get in a fight. Uh, I closed it like eight or nine years ago. They reopened it in the spring, and uh, this will be my first show back at the uh, old Wrecker Theater. And then when I was on their website, I was like, man, I I could go to a lot. I love the Wrecker, man. I got so many Citizen Cope shows, Jimmy's Chicken Shack shows, so many nights at the Wrecker Theater, man. But uh, I'm excited about that. Robert Randolph, my buddy, is going to be playing the Wrecker Theater in November. I will be there. Young Utes is brought to you by... I think this one's Glory Days Grill. Glory Days Grill's hiring right now. I know a lot of people have um, struggled over the course of the last year. You're looking for a new gig. Glory Days Grill is hiring all positions. If you want to work for a great family-oriented company known for their commitment to the community, then stop into one of their restaurants and speak with a manager, and management opportunities are available. Good jobs to be had at Glory Days Grill. Find out more, glorydaysgrill.com. All right, young Jack, <laughs> what you got for us today? Um, so there was um, yesterday Rick Ross, famous rapper, obviously, posted. The boss, if you will. Yeah, uh, posted a, a video showing his uh, pretty pretty special car collection, and he has over 100 cars. Some are really classic vintage cars and it turns out that he doesn't even have a driver's license and he has a hundred has he ever had a driver's no, license? no he's never had it but he has an obsession with cars and, and he's never driven any of them. no he's definitely driven well i'm sure he's car. driven oh, okay. them That's but, sure but not, le- not legal enough to like drive them yeah he has like a 200 acre yeah. um like a yeah but lot that's still that's not is. the same I mean, taking it like a joyride around here. I'm sure he's your... largely taking him outside of that area yeah, so as you, well. Yes, you think that he's just going out driving and doesn't care about anything. Imagine. But don't you think he's sort of got a target on his back now? Now that they know he doesn't yeah, drive? Yeah, that he doesn't have a driver's license? Like, sure if you're out him. in one of those cars in that area and the people there know you don't have a driver's license, like... I feel like he's probably driven in like a music video before. I feel like but that's, that's not a thing. thing. That's like fake driving. Yes, though. that's not. A, they, they don't may not actually, even move. They don't actually drive in music videos, dude. Well, they do sometimes. No, they don't. What do you mean? They sometimes like do. Low rent, cheap music videos. They might. They Rick drive. Ross's music videos. They don't drive in them. It's usually just park. Insurance in like companies would not allow that. They, they would absolutely like, <laughs> not allow he's for you to be driving. In the driver's driving. seat in multiple music videos. God, that doesn't mean anything. Guy Guy Fiery is in the driver's seat in the open of diners, drive-ins, and dives. He's not driving. You know what show is pretty fun? What? Uh, Guy's Grocery Game. That is a great I've show. I've never watched Guy's Grocery Game. Yeah. Anything with Guy Fieri is a good show. The Ekiben chef was on it. Or the I, owner. I, I'm a fan of uh, the Ekiben. That's Spoiler all, alert. That's all well and good, right? Killed it. Great. Wonderful. Now I'm not going to go watch. Thanks a lot, jerk. I could have done a bad thing. Is there is there more to this? Yeah, story? so no, with the, it was people are like saying, well, if he has this like crazy car collection, why doesn't he want to be able to drive these cars legally? And he followed that up by saying that he's been applying. I don't even know if this is like the proper word, but he was like, yeah, I'm trying to get my driver's license. And they keep asking me these questions. And they're like, do you want to be an organ donor? And he goes, well, like, yeah, I guess like if I'm going to die, like if my heart's in good condition, like, Which yeah. I don't know if it would be, by the I, way. Probably, probably <laughs> not. I've seen, I've seen <laughs> the size of that, man. <laughs> but, um... No, so they were they were saying like so like you just you could just walk in get driver's wait, license. Wait, wait, wait. He's, like he's, he's, 40s. Making it, he's making it seem like he doesn't have a driver's license because it's too complicated <laughs> yeah, a process. Yeah, he's like the, the application to, to well, get a driver's I, license. I still think no matter what your age is, I still think you have you, to take a driver's test, right, for the first time. Yeah, I think you have to take driver's ed. I think uh, you, you have to. You might. I remember I, when I took driver's ed, there was like a thirty year old in my class. Like I, so at one point my license expired. And I just did not realize that it expired. There was it's a it was a, a finicky thing that I dealt with with a uh, an issue from Arizona, 
and my license expired, and it couldn't automatically renew because I had to deal with this thing in Arizona. So I dealt with it, and then I went back to get my license again, and I was able to just go in, but I started to take the test. Like I had to go retake the driver's test. I didn't have to get my, I didn't have to get a permit. I didn't have to go through all that, but I had still had to retake the test because my license expired. I think no matter what, if you've never had a license before, you have to go. Well, maybe it's dependent on the state. What state is Rick Ross? Florida. 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 Yeah. Yeah, I get it. There might be no laws. There might. <laughs> now that I think about it again, there might be absolutely no rules whatsoever. He just might be able to walk in and say, "Give me a license." So you're saying he wouldn't need his learner's permit? Is that a thing? Wouldn't he need that before he gets I his think license? I think the first in most states, the first time you get your license, no matter what, you have to have had a permit. Yeah. You have to have gone through driver's ed. Eighty hours, baby. Yeah, all that. Well, I think always all, drove eighty the, hours exactly. Now, I didn't again, fib at all. If there's any state, if there's any state. Where you might just be able to walk in and say, I want a license, and they just say, okay, cool. I would say Florida would be pretty high on the list of places where you might be able to just do that. But yes, him suggesting that the process is too complicated. (laughs) Right. Or that like he's waiting for approval. (laughs) Well, I want a driver's license, but they won't approve me. (laughs) Like, Rick, I I don't don't think it works. He's got way too many cars to just not have a driver's license. You would think that at some point you would just go ahead and get a license. Like, that that would be the one. You'd think after the. I don't think you guys. Did you watch the second season? I haven't, no. Well, first of all, I hope Bob Odenkirk's okay. But yeah, no doubt, he's in one of the sketches, and there's his a part bro- where his, his brother said he's okay. Yeah, yeah. The word is that it's that he's going to be okay, yeah. thankfully. But um, there's a sketch where he's talking about how many cars he has, and he has doubles and triples of certain cars. Okay, it's not going to fly and land as well here because neither of you have seen it. But uh, yeah. Okay, that's so, we are. so we've done that yeah. part, a portion of the program. Would have been better if I could have <laughs> just been like, <laughs> I've got doubles or triples of some. The Nova, the Barracuda. The Roadrunner. Anyway, next on the list for yeah. <laughs> would have been better had you seen it. I, I have said before, it's a fine show, and my relationship with it is quite complicated because I can't get over how pissed off I am at all of you. No offense, mm-hmm. it's a, it's a good show. It's not as good as Detroiters. Detroiters is one of the best shows of the last twenty years, and what you a holes did to Detroiters while you're obsessed with this show. It just pisses me off. Despite the fact that it's good, it's not that it's a bad. It's a good show at times. It's, it's great. It's not as good as Detroiters was. For what it's worth, I think Tim Robinson might be happier doing this. So. I don't. I don't care about that. I care about the better show. I care the about better him being show. Happy. Was, I don't. Well, I, you think he was miserable doing Detroiters? Apparently, he was incredibly stressed. Apparently, it like was a tasking thing for him. Like he was. That's what I've read. Yes. What about it? It was like the pressure of actually writing a season and making it all. Like it's. I think he's more suited for the sketch kind of thing. Um, that's the word that I that I've read is that it was a incredibly stressful if he had chosen it on his own that would be one i thing. get it it's I that it. you effers failed to recognize the greatness of one of the greatest shows that i've ever seen i recognize la- yeah you did you were you you came a little bit late but you came strong you I came, I came strong. that late you were behind me for sure i'm not so sure i know i 1000 percent told you about detroiters one thousand percent that's the way that it played I don't out no we will never Kyle, know how i 1000 we, we have tapes we do have tapes i don't think brian so. pal get on it you got to search through all the transcripts. See when we brought when we brought up the transcripts. We have audio. I, I don't okay. even know if we have audio some, going no, back some that of, far. Some, do of the, we? some of the podcast services will, will provide transcripts to shows. But I don't know if we have those ones. Isn't that from one before, oh, before we, we switched, switched over? over? I don't know. I don't remember exactly when that was. Seventeen, I think it came out. I was looking for an. Ep- I was sp- for a really bizarre reason. I was looking for the live show that we did with Brandon Williams years ago. Yeah. I doesn't I, exist. No. <laughs> I mean, I found it through a backdoor channel. I found it a different way. Back pages. I, you know, I'm a big, I'm a big uh, a back, backdoorchannel.com. Yeah. Don't go there. Not Whatever you do, don't <laughs> go there. Don't go to backdoorchannel.com. All right, next on the list. Yeah, um, so uh, pretty big 
story among like NFL fans and the whole league is Rodgers and the whole thing that's been going on with that. So what's yesterday, happened? what's going on? <laughs> Richard <laughs> Rodgers, the yeah. tight end, he's a decent player. I don't know. Best For, best Packer out there, right? Yeah, right. Former former NFL cornerback Carlos Rogers is getting everybody worked up. Yeah, that's really weird. Yeah, um, but no. Yesterday was the first time that he publicly spoke and kind of got. Oh, he went all in. Man. He really just didn't candid. didn't go. Uh, he said it exactly how it was. I feel. I, 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 I liked it. You know, like it was refreshing to an extent to see somebody clearly just not holding back. Well, and right. the other thing too is like. Everything he said is Makes understandable sense, yeah. and like logical. Justified that, that he would why, feel the way. Why he does. would the Green Bay Packers have Aaron Rodgers and not try to use that as an asset in their decision making, or at least give him have some input? Yes, from yeah, him. at least yeah. involve him in the process. And I don't know. Maybe there's th- the they, Ravens let Joe Flacco draft Hendon Doss. Well, they did. That's not the way that it worked. <laughs> no, he they put the card. No, he handed it not, to the commissioner. It's not how it worked. <laughs> Um, but it, to at least run things up the flagpole with them and say, hey, what do you think about this? Hey, would you call this person? Hey, would you? Th- I, I can't fathom an organization. We're going to hire a coach. What do you think? I do think, by the way, that's part of the problem that comes with not having an owner. Like that if there is an owner in that organization, the owner would make it very clear to everyone involved. Hey, chief, I, I know you guys think you're really important. You know who the most important person is in this organization? Richard Rogers. Yeah, Richard Rogers. <laughs> I think he's with the e- well, he was with the Eagles. He was a Packer also. He was yeah. a Packer at one yeah. point. He caught one of the Hail Marys, didn't he? Uh, I believe he caught. Yeah, I think you. I believe there was an Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. There have been so many Aaron Rodgers yeah. Hail Marys yeah. that it's hard to remember all of them. One one of them was told me like Janice Jeff Janice, super random name. Best one that was against the Aaron Cardinals. Rodgers time. Yeah. yeah, that was against. Well, the he had Cardinals, two Hail Marys 100%. on the same drive, and that that was the same game. He, he from the goal line to the fifty, and then from the fifty to the end. That's zone. right. That's yeah. right. That's exactly. Everyone knows Jeff Janice, most accomplished wide receiver in Packers history. Is he more accomplished than Jared Aberderis? Aberderis. Oh, right. Yeah, Jordy that was, Nelson that was, that was my joke. Yeah, he was right. <laughs> I forgot. The, I, I genuinely forgot that Jordy Nelson was. And then right. it, kind of, it kind of seems like a lot of everything's pretty much like fully done a complete 180 in that organization with you know Rogers being back yesterday, and they've already signed Randall Cobb and well, they, they traded, traded for Randall. They traded. Cobb, yeah. yeah. It is weird and, that they didn't like that his contract amendment didn't just give him out after this year. Well, he's still I under still team control. Right. Like, I still think that's a little complicated. Like, I, I, I get the sense you don't agree to that if there isn't some parameter for it. Like, but it's not as if he controls his destiny. It, yes, but. I mean, there's exceptions, I'm sure. Like, he's not going to the Bears. He's not going to the Vikings. He's probably not going it, to the NFC. But it's a step beyond that. If, if they try to work out a trade with a team that he doesn't want to go to, he's just going to say, I'm going to retire. And then they're not going to get the trade. Like they, they're going to have to trade him somewhere that he's going to be willing to go play. I just don't like, think they would. It would, you know, he doesn't have all thirty-one teams as open possibilities. I would imagine. No, on his side, one hundred percent. He's not going to go to somewhere where he doesn't. No, I mean on their side, they're not going to trade well, him they, to the Vikings. No, of course they're not going to trade him to the Vikings, one hundred percent. But what will happen is he's going to say, "Here are the teams that I'd be willing." At the end of the year, everybody's going to look around and say, "Who needs a quarterback?" Um, obviously, like Carolina jumps off the page as a team that's going to need a quarterback. I think Darnold's going to look good this year, by the way. There's so many people that are obsessed with the idea that Sam Darnold's going to look good. That, that, that's based on nothing, but like maybe Hal Brady being a good offensive coordinator. That's, that's and all well and Darnold good. still being talented, even though he's left the grasps we, of Eric we, Adam Gase. Yeah, we haven't seen anything that says that Sam Darnold's going to be a good quarterback. But sure, why not? Maybe he'll be a good quarterback. The more likely scenario is that Carolina will jump off the page as a team that's going to need a quarterback. New Orleans, but New Orleans certainly. I don't think they're going to trade him in the, the NFC. You know, 
I don't think they'll want to for sure. I think they would prefer not to trade him to New Orleans. But if it's between, you know, if, if that's where you can get the most for, maybe you ultimately do it. Denver will jump off the page as a franchise that will need a quarterback still a year from now after Washington. all the Arizona 1,000%. Uh, Washington will jump off the page. More a, NFC than AFC teams, it seems. How many other AFC teams besides Denver would be obvious? New England, in theory, if Mac Jones just sucks. Yeah, it's tough to, right. you know, like in one year to, to have utter confidence that, that, that the he's Dolphins. not going to be the answer. Jets, always. Yeah, the Dolphins, <laughs> maybe. Yeah, but again, it's the same thing with the right. Jets, right? Like, can you know for sure that Zach Wilson's not the guy within one year? No. Um, the Dolphins certainly the Texans, would end up. but I don't know why he'd want to go there. <sighs> That's a mess, isn't that? That's a friggin' mess, man. Um, yeah, I mean, there's a couple. There's a couple that are, you know, and who knows, right? Like, somebody could get hurt, unfortunately, that could be significant during the course of the year, and that could change something. It seems like this is the last year the Packers really have that window to try and win one more. Well, they Those, haven't, they uh, haven't really taken advantage of their window. They've no. never tried. They've no. never actually tried. It seems just like by accident they get to the end. Well, they have Aaron Rodgers. Right. That's, they've why, been a, why wouldn't you let Devontae Adams walk? I mean, well, now Devontae <laughs> Adams is like, oh, I'm willing to resign. Yeah. because. But if he's only going to be around for one year. Why would you, yeah. That's the, if, if, if the difference. You have to know more about Jordan Love than anyone else And that's right the point. Now, like, yeah. If you were super confident about Jordan Love, you would want to resign anyway. I don't know why one more year of Aaron Rodgers would make you want to sign long term somewhere. That doesn't. This isn't like the NBA where they can offer him the most money. No. like Now, again, football, more, presumably. football players in general don't like to go to free agency because there's so much risk involved. Because there's so much risk like of getting Adams, though. I understand that, but you can get hurt in week three. You'd still there's, get paid, I know. Like, I get it. It wouldn't be as much as you'd stand to make from somewhere else. Football players don't still. like going to free agency. It is over and over and over again. They don't like going to free agency. Now, when you're within a year... You know, you start thinking about it, and you get insurance policies, the whole deal. But as a whole, football players why do wouldn't not they like franchise free agency. That's part of the story too, right? Like that's why football players just oh the CBA give, potentially with that being is that that oh I, yeah I don't know I don't know any yeah. of the, I don't know any of the details there. All right, and uh, finally, so yeah, the third one we were talking about it a little earlier, but um, that wasn't on the air. Nobody no, knows yeah, that. nobody. Yeah. So th- we're breaking it for the first time. That's right? why you say <laughs> we were discussing this off the air yeah. earlier. Yeah. Um, so Titans wide receiver Julio Jones and former wide receiver Roddy White are being sued by a cannabis company in California for reportedly, I guess it's like harvesting three million dollars. Like long, like they're they grew they grew the money. Well, I mean that's really no, remarkable. Like the, I gotta look they, into that. They were they were using the the marijuana from the dispensary and from the company to then resell it on a black so market. They were trafficking so they, across state yeah. lines California cannabis to be sold in Atlanta and then laundering the money. So yes. there, there's a lot there's a lot here. They Allegedly. Had, well, first of all, they haven't been charged with a crime, right. and so if they haven't been charged with a crime, the idea that like it really makes this lawsuit tough because if there was anything there. It would be criminal activity, so. No, it's not. Wouldn't be the first time a civil lawsuit has spurred a, a criminal sort of investigation. Yes, but there's been no reports of a criminal investigation I here whatsoever. I, I have, I, I largely this has been an eye roll to me. It seems wildly unlikely. It seems like the truth is. It would seem like a questionable decision for millionaire it, NFL players. It would. It would seem absurd. Now I. The idea that perhaps they partnered with someone, the partnership went bad, and there was this understanding mm-hmm. of other people they were working with to say, this is what we're going to do now. The idea that, like, personally, Julio Jones right. and Roddy, that, that's so, it's so absurd, I, I can't even entertain it. You know what I mean? Like, it, 
if it turns out that once upon a time uh, Jamal Lewis, Lewis was the guy making the phone call, right? Like, Probably shouldn't have done that. Yeah, of course he shouldn't have done <laughs> that. But once upon a time it happened, he had to pay a price for that. Um, but thankfully it was a year he was hurt anyway. Um, but uh, to step beyond that, um, it's so absurdly unlikely that they were the actual ones that were doing this that it's really hard for me to think that there's anything there. It seems obviously that their attorney has said that this is completely baseless. We'll we'll find out. It's it the allegations read explosively sure. because it's Julio Jones and Roddy White that we're talking about, two of the most successful football players of the last you know fifteen years, but. It, it just seems so ridiculous. It's hard to, to really read anything into this. Somebody said, you know, does, does, would, does this, would this soften your feelings about the Ravens not getting no. Julio Jones? Nope. No. Nope. <laughs> not going to keep him off the football Not whatsoever. Not even a little bit. Not but maybe even. Roddy White. I'm kind of out on Roddy White. Yeah, you think that maybe the Ravens would not be wise <laughs> yeah. to sign Roddy White at this point? I'll tend to agree with you on that. I don't think Roddy White should be the answer. For I don't Baltimore think that Ravens. Julio Jones or Roddy White are going to get in, in much trouble. If, <laughs> if any trouble, if, if anyone's going to get in trouble, it's going to be the guy that works well, for, civilly, for the just, company. They'd have to pay some money is what yeah. we're looking at here. Because in a couple articles I was reading, it was reported that the, the store manager in the dispensary was like reported shutting off the cameras and wasn't reporting the amount of the total sales and uh, you have to like measure what comes in what comes out and all of that so he was failing to do all of that so he broke his contract with the company so it doesn't seem like the best situation for that guy but I don't oh, think I, I, I think there's a real problem for whoever was working yeah. with Julio Jones and Roddy White I think that's absolutely yeah. a problem but it's just so I, I think this is the thing where you put someone's name on a lawsuit in order to get attention and to make it a bigger deal when you realize damn well Julio Jones was not walking into this. No, he wasn't just, just robbing the store. And like it's, and it's, it's insane the yeah. suggestion that 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 like the way that it the way that it reads in a headline mm. or in a tweet. It's like Breaking Bad versus, season six with Roddy White and and Julio Jones. I mean, come on, man. <laughs> like, or Ozark, or whatever. I don't know. Yeah, well, that was money laundering. Was Ozark? Well, they were both laundering money. <laughs> well, I guess that's true. Well, yeah. but but Ozark was A1 purely car wash, yes, baby. Yeah, I understand that, but Ozark was purely money laundering. It was not. It was that's all they were doing. There was anything they could do to launder money. It's by every business in the city. I love to watch it. You should really look into that. You should really look into Ozark. It's quite the popular television program. You should. Yeah, well, so is Real Housewives. It's quite the popular. Nah, this one, I think, it, I'm going to guess more people have watched Ozark than have even watched Real Housewives. I'm just going to guess uh, I, that. I, I like, I I'd like to think that's the case, but yeah, I wouldn't I think bet on that, it. I, look, I hear you. Real Housewives <laughs> is very popular. All right, very good. That was uh, that was a solid young Utes today. Three stories that uh, and look, the Aaron Rodgers thing is goofy. It's I haven't spent any time talking about it this week because ultimately Aaron Rodgers is going to be the quarterback of the Packers, and so he's going to be the quarterback of the Packers. Keep him in the NFC. He, that's that's essentially <laughs> like I I I think we talked about it a few months ago. We, I, we did a Would You Rather that was Denver or Washington, if I remember correctly, I and so. and I look I I don't. I struggled with that one because I don't want like Washington people to be woken up, but like I absolutely don't need another threat in the AFC and Denver with Aaron. Any team with Aaron Rodgers is a threat mm -hmm. because he's Aaron Rodgers. Even Houston might be a threat with Aaron <laughs> Rodgers, dog. I don't know if you heard. He's pretty good. We don't have to take a break here. All we right. can we can do that on the other side. All right, um, that was uh, Young Utes. Today's show also brought to you by C3 American Exteriors. Don't let the insurance industry get one over on you. Call C3 to get roof and siding repairs for just the cost of your home insurance deductible. 410-401-9797 or C3America.com for your free analysis for C3 American Exteriors. 
before we uh, wrap up today's show, Peter Hubeck, Gilman alum, drafted by the Dodgers. We will check in with him at the end of the program. But before we do that, let's head out. We're going to start doing this once a week again as training camp is underway. The season is uh, is coming. It's still a bit away, but it is coming. Joining us now, Pressbox Ravens beat writer, our friend Bo Smolka, is back with us on GCR. Bo, it's Glenn. It's good to talk to you, sir. I uh, hope you're uh, surviving the heat out there in Owings Mills. Thank you for taking the time for us, as always. Oh, you're welcome. It's actually been tolerable these first couple of days. We've been out here for plenty hotter days, and that old cloud cover day was nice, so it's fine. Thank All you. Right. I'm glad to hear that. Obviously, it's also earlier in the day, and so not quite as bad. That is the good news. All right, Bo, I, I don't even know what there is really to talk about as far as the Lamar Jackson thing. It goes like he's not going to be there for a little while. That's the reality. A lot of people are, are angry that he wasn't vaccinated. I get it. I, I would, I'd like to hope that maybe he'll reconsider that and, and go that route, but Ultimately, there's no game to be played for some time. If if he's back in a couple weeks and it doesn't impact him health-wise, I, I, I don't know how significant it really is that Lamar Jackson is going to miss the first stretch of training camp. I mean, honestly, it, it, the timing for this is probably as good as they could have it. I mean, there's probably no other time that would be worse for him to get uh, to test positive, given that they're five, six weeks away from games that matter. John Harbaugh said yesterday, well, you know, it's, it's not to downplay it, but look, guys get an ankle injury. They miss 10 days. They miss eight days. They miss six days, whatever it is. And they, and, and that you move on and you, and you work through it. And so that's the approach that he's taken. Um, I think in general, just discussing the whole vaccines, it's a very, it, it's a, it's a delicate topic. And, and you know, the organization has been strongly supportive of, personal choice for these guys but obviously there's complications when you have someone test positive but to your point um yes it's if if it's going to happen happening now five or six weeks before the first game um is probably the the best possibility um it does leave you assuming here that he's out for 10 days or whatever yeah that's a significant chunk of time that he's not working with Rashad Bateman, and he's not working with Sammy Watkins, and he's not working with these guys. Um, and that is that has to be considered a setback of some kind. But as you said, they, there should still be you know a full month roughly before the first game where they can still have plenty of time to work. Would you expect them to be open about you know whether or not he's experiencing symptoms or or just the process of him overcoming it? No, I don't expect them to be open about it. We asked John Harbaugh today about because yesterday he would, you know, no one has specifically come out and said that he was vaccinated or not vaccinated. And John Harbaugh simply said, "We're going to follow all NFL protocols." And today, when someone asked about John Har uh, asked John Harbaugh if there was any update on Lamar Jackson, he said, "No, and there's not going to be an update." Um, and so I think we will get Lamar Jackson again when he is cleared to go so i do not expect them to be very open about it to be honest bo there was the belief that there was a competition for the backup quarterback job uh, coming into training camp and and whether or not you know who knows how many quarterbacks the ravens are going to carry on their 53-man roster this provides obviously an opportunity to get more of a look at both tyler huntley and trace mcsorley what where are you just with the like, do you, is your gut that they're going to go to quarterbacks this year, that they are that they might be competing for a roster spot? Is there someone that you think came in with a leg up for the backup quarterback job going into this year? 
It's a, it's going to be a fascinating thing. My gut a week ago was that they were going to go with two quarterbacks. And um, because I, I sit there and look at the numbers and say, well, if you go the third quarterback, uh, that means you're not going with an extra defensive back that might play special teams. You're not going with an extra offensive lineman you might want to keep. You're not going with an extra edge rusher you might want to keep. It, it always becomes a numbers game. And I thought to myself, well, they're probably only going to keep two quarterbacks. Now, in the past couple of years, of course, they've used all three quarterbacks. Last year, I think, you know, you've got situations with COVID and so forth. Now that Lamar Jackson has COVID, in theory, yeah, it should, that this, this should be resolved well before they get to the final cutdown date at the end of August. But it does lead me to think, well, maybe they do keep three quarterbacks. And, and I don't know. I think it's a very close competition. In my mind, I thought Huntley outplayed McSorley last in what we saw of them before. Mm-hmm. Um, but McSorley's a year longer in the system, and I think they like what they've seen from him. They've both taken a lot of the reps, and it's great. As you said, to the one thing that's nice about this is these guys are going to get the reps with the ones and the twos for like the next two weeks, and they're going to see a lot of both of them. I thought they both looked quite good yesterday in the first day of camp. I thought they both looked quite ragged today. Um, today was not a great day for either of them. Um, not a lot of terrible interceptions or anything, but a lot of the timing was off, throws were off for the most part. So it looked today, it looked like a team that was missing its starting quarterback. Um, I think it's very much a competition for that. And if, if, you had to, if I had to guess today, I would think now that they will keep all three. Um, but I have waffled back and forth on that, admittedly, over the past few weeks. Pressbox Ravens beat writer Bo Smolka is with us here in GCR. Bo, just to, to sort of follow up on that, like I, I do wonder if like Lamar Jackson's vaccination status plays a role. Like if he decides still to not get vaccinated, do they say, well, we we better have a third quarterback because this might be something that we deal with more during the course of the season, if that's the case. And and if he does get vaccinated, does it make him say, well, maybe it's less. It's less necessary. That that part to me is really interesting, right? Like how that could affect other decisions they make. And then I'll I'll just add one more. It, are are we assuming at this point that like the Trace McSorley Taysom Hill experiment is is over? That like there's just not going to be a world in which Trace McSorley is going to be doing other things and being used in other ways on this football team. That seems to have been um, diminished. I guess is a good word for it. I don't see that happening. I know they did a little bit of that with him his rookie summer. Of course, there was no training camp, no preseason games. Didn't get to see a lot of that last year. Um, it just doesn't seem like something that's something they've been working with him on. I think that was done once to look at, and it had. I'd be surprised at this point if that is a part of his game. Yeah. So um, I think right now they're viewing him as a, as a quarterback. Uh, I'm going to shift to the offensive line. If you've not picked up the new print issue of Press Box yet, Bo wrote about the Ravens' offensive line in this print issue, which is available right now at your neighborhood Royal Farms, any of the hundreds of locations where you find Press Box. Read it all, pressboxonline.com. Um, obviously, no, you know, Ronnie Stanley's not out there right now, and you know, we don't know exactly when it's going to be. Clearly, the Ravens will hope that it'll be ready for week one, and that, that'll solve that problem. I, do we have a sense of what the offensive line might look like if Ronnie Stanley isn't ready come week one of the NFL season? Uh, yeah, that's a great question. I mean, you know, 
they've signed Alejandro Villanueva, who they think will be the starting right tackle. If, if he's played left tackle throughout his career with Pittsburgh, I would think he would be a possibility there. Um, Tyree Phillips is a guy they might give a look at at left tackle if that if, if that's the case. Um, if I had to again, um, if I had to project it and Stanley weren't available, I think maybe. Alejandro Villanueva would take some reps at left tackle because it's because he's right. done it. Positioning knows. Um, but my indications or what I've heard is that they're fairly optimistic on Stanley. Um, okay. That they've liked how he's progressing and um, they still believe that he'll be there by the time the season begins. They're going to obviously ease him along here through training camp. Um, and again, this gives, uh, gives them a, a more extensive look at some other guys, but I think they're fairly optimistic that Stanley will be there. I think a lot of people, with Bradley Bozeman making the shift, believe that like the moment the Ravens drafted Ben Cleveland, he became their left guard. And I, I, I was always hesitant about that. Like, hey, that's a lot to ask of a third-round pick to just immediately on day one become that guy. Is it is it too much to think that that's a certainty, or is your gut telling you like, no, that's they, they drafted and believing he could be the starter come day one of the NFL season? I would say it's a, I wouldn't call it a certainty. Um, in, in Harbaugh, as a general rule, is quite reluctant to just hand rookies starting jobs. Um, I think he has a very strong sense you have to earn it. And, yeah, Patrick Queen's going to come in as a first-round draft pick and take over as a starting. Rashad Bateman's probably going to be on the field for the first snap of the offense, whatever. But I think, you know, he has said, and we're not supposed to really – discuss uh, as a media policy how guys are lining up on the offensive line or anywhere really it's kind of the written in the media policy but John Harbaugh has specifically said he sees a competition there at that job between Cleveland Ben Powers and Tyree Phillips and I think all three of those guys will rotate in there Penn Powers has done it before as I mean he's got a playing experience not on the left side he was on the right side last year um so a certainty that it's Ben Cleveland's job? No, I don't think you can say that. Um, he's a big, strong guy, and I know they like what they saw today. I, I tweeted out earlier today there was a pass rush drill that I had my eye on for a little while, and um, I thought that actually the rookie edge rushers performed quite well in it. But Ben Cleveland was stacked up at one point against um, Chauncey Rivers, and Cleveland just completely stonewalled him. Hmm. I mean, he's just a brick wall sometimes. So. Yeah, that's certainly something they like to see. But the job is he's going to have to win it. And with Harbaugh, that takes some doing as a rookie. So I think he, I think it's it's still quite open. Bo, give me an idea as, as you're watching camp. Um, maybe a veteran who is fighting for their job at this point. Someone... Um, and, uh, you know, I'm not looking for like, uh, hey, there, you know, there's there's some risk of like once upon a time when Derek Mason got cut. But, you know, what I mean? like somebody who's been on the team for a couple of years that that you think might really be fighting for a job at this point during training camp in the preseason. Well, I mean, the guy that I look at and I looked at a couple of years ago with Albert McClellan, I look at Anthony Levine and I think, you know, I, I, I they love Anthony Levine. Um, he's he's a special teamer who's played for a long time. He's, quote, co-cap, right? He, everyone calls him co-cap. He's the special teams captain. But so is Albert McClellan. And then at the end of that training camp, they had to make a tough decision, and McClellan was the one that went. Um, and they've picked up some younger defensive backs. Um, Geno Stone was the guy they thought might come in and factor there. 
Um, they've brought in some other young guys in that secondary. Sean Wade is in the secondary now. He's not quite the player Levine is. Levine's more of a hybrid linebacker safety. Um, but the, the, it becomes a numbers game. And at some point you have to wonder when they're going to – Eric DaCosta said when they, when they let Morgan Cox go, at some point you have to go younger. Um, I like Anthony Levine, and I, I honestly think he'll stick around. But when you ask me that question, I go back to thinking when Albert McClellan was released and it was a, it was a very tough decision they made for a guy that was a longtime special teams captain. Yep. And so I look at Anthony Levine and I wonder – I look at him and I wonder that. Um, what are we going to see uh, at the stadium? I know, like, there's fans out there, so this isn't the first time they'll be in front of fans, but this is the first sort of, like, big event the Ravens have had in a couple of years now, Bo. What will uh, the stadium thing look like this weekend? Well, I think they'll be excited. There'll be some juice, I think, with these players. J.K. Dobbins talked about it today. I mean, how they excited they are to get back in front of fans. I mean, there were some smatterings of fans last year at a couple of the games, but most of the games were in empty stadiums. Um and so I think there's, I think they're quite excited about it. Um, you know, they'll they'll run it and they'll run it a regular practice, but you'll see the eleven on eleven, the seven on sevens. I think one of my favorite things they do often at that stadium session, and they do it on the practice field sometimes. We haven't seen it these first couple of days. Are these one on one? I look, I think of that kind of you want to call it controversial. The video of Lamar Jackson this summer, right? Oh yeah, the TV wide receiver one on one drill. They love to do that at the stadium practice um, where they'll match up. It might be a fullback against a linebacker. It might be running back against a linebacker. It might be a receiver against a cornerback, um, tight end against a safety. These one-on-one battles, and they'll you know, beat them off the line of scrimmage, throw the pass one-on-one, contest the ball, make an athletic play on the ball. The players get so competitive about it. They absolutely love it. And, I think it's one of the more entertaining things for the fans to see. I assume they will do that again because Harbaugh loves the way the, the competitive nature that that brings out in all these guys. Um, and again, then we'll see some good 11-on-11 competition. Play Fans in the stands will be able to see how those offensive linemen are lining up and who's lining up at various positions that are being discussed. But again, without Lamar Jackson, they're going to get a good long look at Huntley and McSorley. And how are they looking? Are they putting the ball where it has to be? Are the passes behind the runners? Are they leading them out of bounds? Are they being on target? Um, Huntley yesterday made a beautiful pass to Marquise Brown, who made a double move on Devonta Harris. It was just a seven-on-seven drill, but the pass was perfectly thrown. Today, there were more passes that were kind of led receivers out of bounds or were thrown um, off time, maybe behind the runner a little bit. So you'll get a really good look at McSorley and Huntley. It's probably not what people want right, to see right. when they go to the stadium practice, but that's probably what they're going to see. Um, but I really, one of my favorite things is at those stadium practice is always those one-on-one battles because they're really competitive. Saw some video of receivers catching soccer balls today. I mean, you know, it's hard to really tell at this point in training camp, obviously, but have you noticed any really discernible difference between, uh, the practice and the way they go about practicing for receivers with the addition of T Martin and Keith Williams? Well, Williams is so fun to watch. I mean, he's so animated um, I was down there near right where they were throwing those soccer balls today, and we talked to Sammy Watkins after practice day. He t- he's worked with him before. He had seen this little drill. It, it has to do with he was the way he was explaining it was, has to do with kind of emphasizing hand placement. The ball's a little bigger. Get the hands wide. Get them open. Whatever. Um, it's a it's a Williams uh, trick, but he w- Williams is so animated on the field with these receivers. Um, 
And I'll say the, the, the thing that struck me about these new receivers coaches, what, what Marlon Humphrey said in June, when we talked to Marlon Humphrey after minicamp practice one day in June, and again, he's going against these guys in the 7-on-7s, seven seven, the 11-on-11s, 11 11, and he said just the energy level of the receivers is noticeably different this year. And he thinks that is a direct reflection of those coaches. Um, and Williams is really, you know, Martin's out there doing it too, but Williams is the guy that I watch just running from point to point, and he's always saying something at everyone on every rep. And so there's a lot of passion and energy. They're not, not to say there wasn't before with Cully and other guys, but Marlon Humphrey is one that said he noticed immediately this summer the, the, the difference in the energy level of the receivers and going against them. Bo, last one for you. There was some uh, rumors about Chandler Jones and Ravens players tweeting about it. You, you think there's any chance the Ravens would be in if there's if there's something real there? Or do you think that they've got the team they've got at this point? Well, I, I never say never because, you know, they never have the team they have. And Ozzie Newsom used to always say the roster is always flexible, and Eric DaCosta has said the same thing. Um, do I expect it? No, but I do, you know – We've, we've talked before about some of the other guys, Justin Houston or whatever, edge rushers who might be out there. Um, I always expect there could still be a signing in training camp. The, the, the roster building process never ends. Um, you know, the tweeting by players, I think, is honestly kind of irrelevant. Honestly, yeah. It's not like Eric Scott's sitting there listening to that and then changing his mind based on what he sees there. Um, but I don't think the roster building ever ends. It, so I, I don't expect it, but it wouldn't, any signing really – um, I never it never strikes as a shock to me. At B Smolka is how you follow him on Twitter. Of course, pressboxonline.com is where you see all of his stuff. Bo, appreciate it, sir. We'll look forward to doing this every week for football season. Thank you, as always, for taking the time for us. All right, thank you. Take care. Bo Smolka, Pressbox Ravens beat writer, checking in with us here on GCR. Today's show also brought to you by Mobile One. Mobile One full synthetic motor oil helps extend engine life. Visit your local Jiffy Lube service center. Ask for Mobile One. We'll come back in. Tidbit, tubular on the way, and Peter Hubeck from the uh, L.A. Dodgers, Gilman alum. We're going to chat with him about uh, being drafted and signed out that way. That's, uh, that's all coming up. It's Glenn Clark Radio from the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio. Sports and Social Maryland is bringing the ultimate fan experience to you at Live Casino and Hotel. We take sports viewing to the next level with a massive 100-foot media wall, 47-foot big screen, 40 HD TVs, extensive beer selection, big eats, in-venue gaming, bowling, and more. The perfect destination for sports enthusiasts and fun seekers. We're raising the sports bar at Sports and Social Maryland. Come see for yourself. Book your table now at SportsSocialMD.com. That's SportsSocialMD.com. Hear it. Watch out! For the first time, the PGA Tour's FedEx Cup Playoffs is coming to Maryland. The top 70 players in the world converge on Kays Valley Golf Club for the 2021 BMW Championship, August 24th through 29th, 2021. Baltimore's iconic and challenging course provides the perfect test as the playoffs heat up. Tickets are now available. Don't miss your chance to watch the drama unfold. Visit BMWChampionship.com today. 
Redefine your skills, inspire change, and make a difference. The Army offers the new generation of youth the ability to be part of something bigger than themselves, while also improving who they will become individually. Soldiers have the ability to impact the world in many different ways. The Army supports humanitarian missions ranging from the COVID-19 response to natural and man-made disasters. Visit GoArmy.com forward slash Baltimore. Hey everybody, this is Chris Rowling at Great Ace Memorabilia. The Maryland State Fair is right around the corner and we're going to be taking over with the largest Baltimore football signing in over three years. The Purple Takeover is coming to its million fairgrounds for the massive Maryland State Fair from August 26th through Labor Day Monday. You'll have the chance to meet Pro Bowl tackle Ronnie Stanley, Hollywood Brown, first round pick Odafe Away, Big Country Ben Cleveland, Hall of Famer Lenny Moore, and many, many more from your football team. Tickets are available at GreatAceMemorabilia.com. It's great. The number eight S memorabilia.com. And remember, as always, be great. The journey begins on remote mountain farms and plantations in the lush tropical regions of countries like Colombia and Brazil, where the best coffee beans are grown. The beans are harvested by hand, carefully sorted, bagged, shipped, and finally roasted. And the journey ends as your cup of rich, flavorful Royal Farms coffee, the freshest and best coffee in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. Hi, it's Glenn Clark for Window Nation. When it comes to cost and quality, Window Nation has you covered, saving you thousands more on your windows compared to national brands while providing the same, if not better, quality. Want detail? Window Nation measures each window three times to ensure proper fit. And after they install your new windows, they leave your home cleaner than it was before. Get 50% off every style window, plus put no money down, make no payments, and pay no interest for 24 months. 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. Tell them Glenn Clark sent you Window Nation, the perfect fit. The latest edition of Press Box is available now. On the cover, Thomas Kenzora profiles University of Maryland quarterback Talia Tongavailoa and his chance to deliver the Terps to Big Ten prominence this year. Also inside, Bo Smolka breaks down the Ravens' offensive line, a look at Coppin State's Olympic connection, and much more. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores. And you can always find the entire edition, as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. URL. You are listening to Glenn Clark Radio. All right, back in here on GCR from the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio. Today's show also brought to you by C3 American Exteriors. Don't let the insurance industry get one over on you. Call C3 to get roof and siding repairs for just the cost of your home insurance deductible. Give them a call right now, 410-401-9797, or go to c3america.com for your free analysis. Let's go ahead and try to knock out a tidbit right here. Uh, then we'll talk to Peter Hubeck, get totally tubular. I think that's going to be the game plan. Um, tidbit is brought to you today by... Uh, this one's brought to you by the BMW Championship. The PGA Tour's top 70 golfers are coming to Baltimore to compete in the 2021 BMW Championship at Caves Valley Golf Club. Secure your tickets right now by going to BMWChampionship.com. Yes. Tidbit of the day. Now that the Yankees have officially acquired Joseph Gallo, yes, what he goes by in the formal world, is they it, officially is a biblical name 
have, and this is kind of surprising that there are only four, they officially have three of the four current major leaguers on active rosters who have struck out 200 or more times in a season. Say that one more time. Only four players yes. are on active rosters currently yes. have had 200-plus strikeouts in a season, which is slightly surprising, mm, I, I suppose. I actually kind of agree with that. Yeah. Uh, Joey Gallo, Aaron Judge, Giancarlo Stanton, and you're not going to guess it because you're not going to be able to, Yoan Mancado huh. is the fourth. I didn't know that. They have three of the four. So, way to go, Yankees. Yeah. He, actually of all major leaguers ever, with a minimum of 100 career hits, has the highest percentage of his total hits as home runs. 145 okay. of Joey Gallo's 385 hits went for homers. 37.7%. Three other players in MLB history, two of which are active, have numbers at percentages of 31.3% or higher. Can you really? Name them? Can you name them? Shohei Otani. No. Uh, Chris Davis. No. How about man? This is tough. Uh, it feels like it can't be somebody who's. How about how about Kyle Schwarber? It is not Schwarber. Am I right to think it's a guy that can't be that great of an overall hitter? And yes, I would say for one of them, definitely. Um, another one is probably more around a 240, 250-ish hitter. But he does mash. And both players that are active mm -hmm. play in the same city. Both players that are active play in the same city. Are they both in Chicago? They are not. Are they both in New York? They are. Pete Alonzo? 31.6%. A little surprised by that. He's the 240, yeah, 250 right. kind of guy, but he does mash. And the guy for the Yankees is... Who's all home runs? Who's all home I don't... Man, that's tough. I think this guy's hitting sub 200. Hitting sub 200. Gary Sanchez? Indeed. Yeah. Gary Sanchez yeah. is the other active player. Now, right, there's one, one former not a Hall of Famer. He's the new 217. Sorry, Gary. Huh. <laughs> yeah, how not, dare you be so disrespectful? Not a Hall of Famer, but I would imagine parts of his career are in the Hall of Fame. What? What does that even mean? Mark McGuire? 35.9%. Right. That was going to be my guess, so that didn't really uh, throw me, but that, that certainly was a weird way of saying that. You get what I mean. I sort of get what you mean, but yeah, it's still a weird way of saying it. His right leg is enshrined in the Hall that's of Fame. That's a <laughs> very strange thing. Uh, by the way, I was looking at the, uh, do, do you know who's leading the Olympics golf tournament? Of course I do. Yeah? Ricky's Oyster House. Yep. Go, why don't you guess a thousand names? Uh, Steve Perry. Keep going. I mean, I'm not going to get You're it. You're never going to get it. Something called Sep Straka. Okay. I realized... None of the top. I've never heard of any of the top five people in the golf tournament right now. That's bizarre. None. I haven't heard of them. 
It takes the sixth name is Jonathan Vegas, who I've heard of but know nothing about. The first guy on the list that I even I know anything about is Paul Casey, and even that's like minimal. The first guy that matters isn't until T twelve Xander Shoffley. You find okay. him there. The names on this list: Sepp Straka, Jazz Jan Jan Jana Oh man, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Jazz J. Thomas Peters, Carlos Ortiz, Joachim Hansen, Jonathan Vegas, Juvik Pagansan, uh, yes. Sebastian Munoz, then Paul Casey. Frankie Munoz? No, I don't think it's Frankie Munoz, Jr. Uh, Anurban Lahiri, Alex Norin, Adri Arnos, Henrik Norlander, Antoine Rosner. Love it. And I don't know if it's just because like none of the Veritable players who's who. Like did, did none of the like players go play in this tournament? Or is it just well, John because Ron's like, for COVID. Yeah, he didn't get to play. Or is it just because like the majority of like the, the America is kind of dominant golf right now and you're only allowed to have so many American golfers? You're I'm, asking as though I have, I have an answer, but I have no idea. Yeah, I, I do not have an answer. No clue. That whatsoever. sucks. I was looking forward to that golf stuff. Were you? <laughs> you're gonna stay up late the next couple yeah. of nights watching some uh, Olympics shame. golf? I'm, I know you, man. I know that's the way that you're planning on spending your time. I fully understand that. But no, I I got a bad news for you. It it ain't it ain't exactly a who's who in the uh, Olympics golf tournament at the moment. All right, um, we will get to totally tubular here in a second. We'll tell you more about that and everything else coming up golf wise and sports on television wise. In fact, we might get to it sooner than that. Tidbit was also brought to you by Window Nation. 50% off all styles of windows, no money down, no payments, no interest for two full years, 24 months with Window Nation, 866-90-NATION or windownation.com. Tell them Glenn Clark sent you Window Nation, the perfect fit. I guess maybe I'll just start getting into tubular and we'll see what happens here. Um. Well, sure. Why not? Tubular brought to you by uh, our friends at Great Eights Memorabilia, Purple Takeover coming, Maryland State Fair, ten current, future or former Baltimore football legends will be part of the Purple Takeover, including Hall of Famer Lenny Moore, stars like Ronnie Stanley and Hollywood Brown, draft picks from this year like Adafi Owe and Ben Cleveland. They'll all be there. Get your tickets right now by going to great8smemorabilia.com. That's great, the number 8s, memorabilia.com in order to get your tickets for the Purple Takeover at the Maryland State Fair. Uh, Phillies and Nationals playing a doubleheader yesterday, or playing a doubleheader today because they couldn't play yesterday. Uh, 12 and 3.30 on Masson, followed by the Orioles opener with Tigers. Alexander Wells on the mound for the Birds. Casey Mize goes for Detroit. MLB Network, Braves-Mets at noon, Dodgers-Giants after that, Blue Jays-Red Sox at 7, Rockies-Padres late. ESPN and ABC for coverage of the NBA draft tonight at 8. Olympics uh, on NBC starting at 8, on USA starting at 8. USA's coverage includes the USA-Japan women's basketball game. NBCSN has the U.S. Women Netherlands soccer quarterfinal tomorrow morning at 7 a.m., um, CNBC has the USA-Netherlands beach volleyball match right after 8 o'clock tonight. Then the USA-Australia women's rugby game. I watched a little bit of the rugby uh, last night. The U.S. beat China. Congratulations to our friend Abby Gastitis as they got a win in their opener. They play again tonight against Australia at 9 o'clock. By the way, those she said they she said they go quick. They really go quick. I mean, like, they go incredibly quick, those women's rugby. I like, like – 
I went back to I think I went to put the ba- the kids to bed at halftime. By the time I came back, the the match was over. It was crazy how quick they go. Um, the Olympic Channel more tennis. The men's doubles gold and bronze medal matches are tonight. Uh, there is a American team playing for bronze. It's uh, Tennis Sandgren and Austin Krychek. Golf Channel for round two of the golf tournament, 6.30. As I mentioned earlier, Gold Cup semifinals, FS1 for Qatar and the U.S. at 7.30, Mexico, Canada at 10. WWE Network for NXT UK at 3. Access TV for Impact Wrestling at 8. Anything at all non-sports-wise? These and Mirror, 11 o'clock on Showtime, if you're into that. I, I do enjoy them. I do enjoy them a good deal. All right. Uh, that was also brought to you by Sports and Social Maryland. They are raising the sports bar at Sports and Social Maryland. If you have not checked it out yet, it is amazing. They're bringing the ultimate fan experience to you at Live Casino and Hotel, taking sports viewing to the next level with a massive 100-foot media wall, 47-foot big screen, 40 HD TVs, extensive beer selection, big eats, in-venue gaming, bowling, and more. It's the perfect destination for sports enthusiasts and fun seekers. They're raising the sports bar at Sports and Social Maryland. Come see for yourself. Book your table now at SportsSocialMD.com. That's SportsSocialMD.com. It has been a, a great time recently for Gilman Baseball. Obviously, Gavin Sheets, a revelation as he entered Major League Baseball and immediately started ripping the cover off the ball, got to come back to Baltimore. Next guy who is uh, looking to do something pretty significant as a major leaguer, he's got time to do it. He just got drafted by the L.A. Dodgers and signed after being selected in the third round. He's Peter Hubeck, and he joins us now here on GCR. Peter, it's Glenn and Kyle back in Baltimore. It's great to chat with you, man. Thank you for taking a couple of minutes for us this morning. Yeah, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Absolutely, dude. Peter, can you take me through like what the last few weeks of your life have been like? Is like you you, you know you wake up one morning, you're you're a kid getting ready for another day at school at Gilman, and now you're legitimately on to a professional career. What has this been like for you these last couple of weeks? Yeah, the last couple of weeks have been definitely definitely pretty crazy um just super busy not really not really exactly knowing what what i'm gonna be doing whether it be going to college or signing with the dodgers but um really really uh sat down and talked to my parents for a while and um we just i decided with um me and my family just that that the um dodgers is the way i want to go and um the way that I want to start my professional career right away. Why, why was that? What What was it that ultimately made the decision for you that the Dodgers was the right way to go instead of headed to Wake Forest? Um, I think that um, the uh, we felt super comfortable with um the Dodgers um development system with the pitchers. Can't imagine why. Yeah, I mean, what have they ever done? Gee. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, their um their track record's really good with with um especially high school pitchers. And um it's just it was also just something I really wanted to do. It's always been my dream to do. So um I figured it's an amazing opportunity and I I couldn't really pass it up. It seems like you had some pretty good resources to like maybe run some questions by during this process. You mentioned your own family, but Obviously, you played for a major leaguer in Larry Sheets. We referenced Gavin already, who's in the big leagues right now. Um, what what were those conversations like and talking with those guys? And, 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 and what was maybe the best advice you got as you were going through this process? Yeah, um, 
coach, both Coach Sheets and Gavin have been really big helps throughout throughout everything, and um, I think I think the best advice, the best advice that I've gotten, I don't know if it's really advice, but just um, seeing seeing Gavin, seeing how he works out during the off season, and just like see his work ethic, just really um, just really kind of shows shows you how to be it what it takes to be a professional hmm. baseball player so um just like watching him helps a lot and it, um he's yoked a good example. like we can we can say i mean that dude is he is it's on you know and I, I remember gavin at a young age he's a he's a a specimen at this point in his life <laughs> and like it is yeah. unreal to see how he has transformed yeah yeah it's 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 really it's really crazy he, just the way he's changed his body just it's it's really amazing. No doubt, man. We are chatting with Peter Hubeck, of course, drafted in the third round by the uh, Dodgers out of Gilman after leading them to an A-conference title. How, how much did that mean for you, uh, Peter, to um, – I know it had been about a decade or so since that had happened for Gilman. How much did it mean to you to be able to do that in, in your final year, sort of go out as a champion? Yeah, that was that was super special. Um, we lost – we lost um, two years in the championship uh, in my high school career, so um, it felt super good. And the fact that it was at it was at Gilman because we couldn't have it at a big venue due to COVID, so um, we got to close it out at Gilman, and um, that was that was even more special. That's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, Peter, what do people need to know about you as a pitcher, right? Like, what what is it that you bring to the table, and and what is it that you most, you know, wherever you're going to be once you get to an affiliate, when you you know get to the 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 fall, what is it that are your priorities for the time that you're going to spend in the minors as you try to work your way towards the Dodgers? Yeah. So, um, I mean, throughout throughout high school i've just been attacking people with mostly um fastball and curveball okay but um i'm really looking i'm really looking to develop a change up or i have a change up but just to um just to throw it more especially to more advanced hitters and um i guess throughout throughout this um when i'm in i'm in arizona right now until until i um the season ends i'm just really looking looking to put on put on some weight get a lot stronger and um just hopefully um be able to go further in games and um maybe maybe throw a little bit harder with with extra weight gain has any of this like said set in yet like the reality of it have you had a moment you're like holy crap this is the dream that i've had or or is it going to take like getting to the big leagues in order for you to have those feelings yeah i think I think it's set in. It's partially set in, not not completely, but um, I think yet yesterday when I um I went to the complex in um Arizona to sign to officially sign the contract that um that 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 set in that that felt pretty that felt pretty real. Right, you're you're a professional baseball player. Like this is what you're doing right. as a vocation now. Um, that's right. that is pretty significant. Uh, I I read in the Sun that you um, you got to spend a little time with some pretty significant people. The the Dodgers really kind of pulled out all the stops in in trying to convince you to sign. What what is it? I, I again, you've been around you know guys that are professionals, but what is that like when you look across your screen and there's 
Clayton Kershaw and Walker Bueller, and they know who you are, and they're talking to you. Can you put that into words? Yeah, that was that was surreal. It, it was so that was so crazy. Um, I mean, Clayton Kershaw is going to be a easy Hall of Famer, and um, Walker Bueller, who's who's my favorite pitcher in the major leagues, who's been for the past couple of years, and it was it was just it was just unbelievable. They were. They're obviously like super nice, and um, we just talked for a while about baseball, about um, off season, in season, and just like just had just had a really good conversation. It was it was it was crazy. Dude, that's nuts, man. <laughs> it's so I know. nuts. Like it's such a cool thing, right? It's not like they you know they could do that for anybody, but like the fact that they were purposely doing that for you, and like they 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 were told like, hey, we we care about this guy. That that had to be. You know, you got it. The hairs on your arm have to stand up. We know that's the case. Oh yeah, no doubt. That's was, so cool. It was wild. That's so cool. Um, you know, obviously Gavin got to come back home and and play in Baltimore uh, a couple weeks ago, and what a scene that was with everybody being there. Oh, yeah. Have Have you thought at all about like what a moment like that might be like in the future? Do you allow yourself to dream that way of like the opportunity? That you know you're gonna pitch at Dodger Stadium and that'll be crazy, but like the the possibility that at some point you could be pitch, pitching in front of all your friends and family here in Baltimore. Um, I mean it's it's crossed my mind. I try not to um, I try not to um, think about it too much. Just kind of focus on, kind of focus on what I'm doing right now and sure. really trying to trying to work as hard as I can right now. So maybe that. So hopefully that will be a possibility one day did uh you weren't i'm assuming that you were you in town at all when when gavin was home i was yes i I went to a game i mean like dude how how nuts was that like how unbelievably cool dudes you know all he does is go smack a home run right (laughs) like no big deal what an unreal uh, series that had to be for everybody yeah it was so cool especially um it's like i remember seeing him in a um a Gilman Gilman uniform and just seeing him see him just like walk around in the big league stadium. It's just like it's it's un, it's unbelievable. That's cool. So man. cool. That's that's really, really cool. Um hey do you, do you allow yourself to still like do any kid stuff still? Like do you allow yourself to play any video games? Like are are you so all on pitching right now that like it's all you think about? Are you allowing yourself to be nineteen at any point in your life? Um, yeah, I, I definitely allow myself to be 19. I think, um, I think if you don't, I think if I don't, if I just focus on pitching 24 seven, I think it'll, I don't know. I, I don't think that's super healthy for no, your mind. I, for mental health. I get it. Else. Yeah. I think that's a good point, man. Well, so what do you do when you allow yourself to just be a young person? What, what's, what's your vice? Like, what's your thing that you like to do? Um, I usually, I, I just usually like hanging out with friends or just like, um, I don't even like pick up basketball or something. I can't really, can't really get that's, injured. That's now. all right. So, oh yeah, that's a good point. I guess you have to start thinking about that type of stuff, yeah. don't you, right? Yeah, but um, I know, I've never been huge into video games. I've mostly been just like, um, just like out of the house person. I'll, I'll go to the pool. We got a, we got a pool in the, uh. In that place I'm at right now in Arizona. Arizona, so that's nice. By the way, nice time to be in Arizona. By the way, I I lived out there. Oh my July, God. Jesus Christ! It's 120 degrees every day. It's pure. Oh, people it's... people say it's a dry heat. Like no, dude, it's 120 degrees. God, 
Oh, happy yourself about it being a dry heat. It's miserable, man. It's, oh. I've, I've never felt any heat like this. No, dude, it's in my life. it's horrendous. It is horrendous in July. It's great in March. If you if, when you're there in March, <laughs> it's gonna be the happiest you've ever been. It is miserable in July. Like that's just the way oh it my goes. God. Hey, um, yeah. uh, uh, Peter, where can people be following you? Uh, Baltimore sports fans that want to follow your journey, social media wise, Twitter, Instagram, anywhere like that. Where should people be giving you a follow? Um, uh, Instagram and Twitter. I'm is are my two are and, my and, two places. And what are the handles? Uh, my Instagram is Peter Hubeck, just like just straight Peter Hubeck, cool. and uh, my Twitter is. Nine. All right, give him a follow in those spots. Peter, congratulations, man. Uh, awesome to see this type of success. We wish it would have been with the Orioles, but, you know, it's we get it, and we're going to be rooting for you. At least it wasn't the Yankees or the Red Sox, so we have to hate you. Like, that's the good news is that <laughs> we, can, we can genuinely root for you unless one day you're pitching in, like, game four of the World Series in Baltimore, but we're so far away from that that – it's not really a practical conversation right. here. Hey, Peter, congratulations, man. Seriously, it's awesome. Can't wait to see your success as you go along in this process. And thank you for taking a couple of minutes for us this morning. All right. Thank you. Appreciate it. Peter Hubeck, uh, Gilman alum, now with the Dodgers, drafted into the third round and uh, signed with them. And he starts his pro baseball career. Looking forward to seeing what's coming for him. That'll do it for us. Uh, thanks today to Peter Hubeck. Thanks also to Eric Williamson, the um, U.S. men's national team and former Terp. And also thanks to Bo Smolka. We'll get all that up in the greatest hits section of the Archive tab at glennclarkradio.com. We're going to do something fun tomorrow morning. Uh, it's been a while. Our buddy Chris DeShiel, who um, was a longtime uh, producer at uh, WBL Channel 11, and defeated cancer with his bare hands. Um, and his bare hands? Yeah, with his ba- yeah, he has uh, the hands of a bear. God, Correct. That had yeah, to have helped. Um, Chris, Dash is going to join us. Cancer didn't stand a chance. No, no question. <laughs> you got bare hands. Dash is going to join us in studio tomorrow morning to talk Olympics. Dash is an Olympics guy because when you work at Channel 11. He's a Dodgers guy, ironically. He's also a Dodgers You're right. He is a Dodgers guy. Couldn't have waited um, one day. Yeah, I guess I should have thought that through. <laughs> um, uh, he... You have to produce like extra Olympic shows during the Olympics. They like run like a 7:30 show every night, like the Olympic Zone or something like that. It's part of being an NBC affiliate. Hmm. You have to do these types of things. So Dash is a huge Olympics guy. If you follow him on Twitter throughout the Olympics, it's like all he's talking about. So we're gonna do some Olympics talk tomorrow morning. With Sox Dash. Pitcher Kyle Burnovich is gonna join us. Uh, they did a big uh, feature on him in Baseball America recently. Kyle Burnovich is one of the guys that came over heads. in the Bundy trade, correct? I believe that is true. Yeah, I believe it was yeah. one of those trades he came over in. Was it the Rockies one? Was it? Mm. I don't think he was drafted by the Orioles. I think you're right about that, yeah. and I'm struggling to remember. I'm struggling I know Stallings was another one that came over in the Bundy trade. Bernovich came over indeed in the Bundy trade. Okay. Indeed in the Bundy trade. I'm a brilliant mind. Uh, it wasn't Stallings. It was Bradish, Bradish, Bernovich, Matson, and Zach Peak all came over Peek's in the Bundy trade. Well he has also. been pitching well. You're right about that. So we'll talk to Kyle Bernovich tomorrow and I, morning. For what it's worth, I know that I mean, I think we'll probably chat with him at some point, so we haven't this year yet. Um, Blaine Knight was briefly oh. on the inactive list. Uh, he's a father now. Oh, I love Blaine Knight. Uh, he's uh, pitched well good, at good, Bowie. Good dude. Good story. Good dude. All right. Uh, thanks to everybody at Pressbox, all of our great sponsors and partners, including... 
The U.S. Army, Glory Days Grill, Window Nation, Royal Farms, Chesapeake Employers Insurance, Exxon Mobil, KNS Automotive, C3 American Exteriors, Great Eights Memorabilia, Sports and Social MD, the BMW Championship, Bradley and Nikki Bozeman Foundation, your local Toyota dealers, and buyatoyota.com. Thanks to Kyle Ottenheimer, Sad Lonely Man. Follow him on Twitter, at Kay Ottenheimer. Thanks to Young Jack. Follow us on Twitter, at Glenn Clark Radio, and on Instagram as well. Are we still posting stuff on Instagram, Jack? Um, can we can yeah. we please step that back up? Yeah. Can we? Thank you. I appreciate that. I think we only have Jack for like a couple more weeks, and then our Instagram will probably go dark for a little bit longer. So we should probably try to get some more things up on there. All right. Um, have a great Thursday night. Go um, U.S. soccer. Go USA in general. Go Orioles. And go uh, all local uh, NBA draft prospects. So Aaron Wiggins, uh, Anthony Tark, Isaiah Todd, Santi Aldama, hopefully all of them hear their names called tonight as well. Have a great Thursday night. Duke sucks. Ohio State sucks too.